Welcome back everybody to Reload Podcast. This is episode 22. Drop that bitch on some 22s. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the understatement. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all, man. Jeez. That's a good one, man. Um, last episode obviously was 21 The way that's the way numbers work quick maths 21 yeah. comes uh, before yeah. 22 uh, which was all about music that drives you and we got to hear about some of our listeners and indeed our own kind of eclectic music tastes shall quite, we say quite a good mix in the playlist and Spotify so I put a link up the other day yeah sort of reverse podcast we listen to the listeners as opposed to them listen to us yeah so check that one out if you haven't uh, as I said today is number 22 and we are joined by our friend Pete A.K.A. Light-haired Pete, A.K.A. Clark, A.K.A. Painting Pete. Jesus, there's, hello. there's probably a few other names out there, but <laughs> hello, good to be here. Uh, so he's going to have a chat with us later on about some of the cars that he's built over the years, his painting business, and general crack, I would say. Yes, welcome along, Pete. It. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for having me. It's good to but, see you. Uh, we'll kick off, as we always do, with what's new with you. So, Nigel, anything new with you? Um, you know, it's trader time as normal with me, and uh, Mark II we talked about it last time, didn't we? That this Brooklyn is hard. Might be for sale. Um, I'm honestly really mad that I didn't buy it. I spent Sunday at lunchtime going around the trim on my grey Mark II because it was badly faded, because of intention of getting it registered up here. It's a Southern Reds car. And uh, took a few pictures of it, put it in Instagram stories, and two hours later it was sold. Gone. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, Instagram, eh? As I say, I'm still pretty mad about it. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. There's plenty more fish to see. Mark II's never really taken long. The so chef he's, still he's gave a decent one. in the garage there, so he does see. Shh, shh, shh. That one won't be cheap. I don't fancy that one. <laughs> don't say it. That'll not be a two-hour sale. <laughs> Definitely not. It was actually a gentleman from Palomina who was in holiday in Dubai, and he sent one of his friends to me with money, and while well, he's still in Dubai... He's getting a trailer sent around this week to pick it up. So it sounds like a scam. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's like Nigerian I, bank from account. Na- Nigeria and it's the, <laughs> uh, transfer the money. You accept PayPal? No, PalPay. PalPay. Yeah. PalPay. Yeah, <laughs> you accept PalPay? Flip my inbox in the last or my emails in the past two days just on the subject. Flipping nudes. <laughs> oh, um, Amazon, your account's been hacked. PayPal's been account. I've Please, had loads of links. Please click this link because this, this will save your account. But no. just in the last two days, whatever whatever I've clicked on on Facebook or registered on, it's just that's it. I don't know. Uh, Pornhub, anyone? Yes. <laughs> no, no, absolutely no. not. Not, not no. this year, anyway. Um, I pulled off you this year. <laughs> Less of the pulling off. <laughs> Um, also bought some, sold some wheels, bought some wheels, you know, you have to keep the stock That's high. It, yes. And, uh, no, just a few OEM wheels, nothing too exciting. This, or last Sunday, would done a thing for Dubshed, and you've probably seen it, is the picture at the film station. Pete, you would know that film station well? Yes, it did. That's sort of the main one on the way out of Cumber, isn't it? Yeah, we've done a shoot just for a bit of crack. Um, well, they're not uh, giving you wide looks in the, the garage there? Like. No, the Indian across the road upstairs, there was two people at the window having a meal. This is before <laughs> lockdown, obviously. Um, and they were sitting staring at us, and then two people came in to try and get fuel. Oh, sorry, was that the solo guards on my street? Yeah. Ah, sorry, I thought you were in the other one there, you know, on the main road. No, no, no. No, no. Um, it had to be self-service, because you couldn't go into a federal station and go, here, can we dress up in full hazmat <laughs> suits? <laughs> And take a few pictures. Oh, work away. <laughs> By all means, yeah. So, no, we've done that shoot with Mark Hill. So, a big shout out to Mark Hill. He's helped us with a lot of things over the years. And just on that subject too, Mark done his video recapping our very wet driven 
run or number two. Yeah, it was very wet. Mm. You'll so, see at the start of the video even that it was. It's torrential rain for four hours. We talked about the, driven, the second driven run last week, mm-hmm. our last episode, but um, Mark sort of documented it and uh, there wasn't a lot of footage because his camera equipment would have been ruined, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't have the camera <laughs> equipment out in that. So thanks to Mark. If you want to check it out, it's on uh, Him With The Beard, Mark Hill on YouTube. And we look forward to working with Mark again very soon. I've got one more thing. Have you guys got news before? Well, our garage build, as I said before, trundles on. It trundles on. And um, we now have a wall. So the retaining wall is up as of yesterday. Tell uh, Pete what size your, your new garage is, workshop. Um, 15 metres by 8 metres. So, right. Aye, so it should be nice. That's a decent size now. Yeah, we have two workshops as well where we've always sort of built out of, but this will be more for keeping things good and neat and tidy as opposed to... I would love somewhere like that. It's so nice. The thought of it, like, because I... What was it, painted the car about three years ago and I lay outside summer, winter, under trees, everything, and it just got worse and worse. And I That's like, it, it's, it's not good for it, like no. And I just sort of kept thinking to myself, I'm going to do this again with every car that we have, mm-hmm. and it's going to lie outside. I have nowhere to keep it, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's it's going well. I think I'm officially depressed because we lost power to the workshop during the build so I can't actually work on any cars while we're waiting oh for flip's sake so that's quite a lot of work getting done in the house then is there Lee? yeah yay <laughs> well I'll tell you how bored I am I offered to tile the toilet the other day he was that's like yay. do you want to go <laughs> yeah. we're off on Monday and he was like do you want to go on Monday and get the tiles and I was like yes I do <laughs> doesn't so, sound like you're too keen not so uh, no the the wall's built I've successfully we built we just need a Mexican to pay for it now exactly <laughs> I've built more wall than Donald Trump has so <laughs> McCann 2020 it's coming not not one Mexican has crossed that wall either it's a success that's we, a good wall then. Yeah. make Armagh great again exactly. <laughs> are, you down, are you down still no, no it's, it depends who you speak to around that part of the world oh, right, okay. it's, it's very, a touchy subject it is very touchy um, but no that's the same with us just well I was going to say working away we're not really I laboured to the brickies yesterday fell tripped over a curb cut my hand cut my knee wrecked my shoulder and I'm now claiming DLA so <laughs> I'm quitting work what car are you getting on the DLA Nissan <laughs> Cash 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 I was going to say a Cape Acanto or something that's maybe the new Cash Guy isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just that type of car isn't it it is yeah you just see that and you think to yourself hmm. you always know what somebody's driving on yep. like, they're driving about at one o'clock in the afternoon aye <laughs> well you're not aware ten mile an hour <laughs> one of our <laughs> listeners actually he does a lot of DLA pickups when the lease is over right wait Matty Donald oh right yeah um, but he also picks up cars all around the place but uh, some of the pictures he sends me on Snapchat of the inside of the cars is Rubbish. disgusting like uh, there's bound to be people out there who get the likes of that and do appreciate it and look after it and then you get people out there who oh, uh, just yeah. I'm, this is my entitled to this and just treat it like a bin yeah oh. I would get a lot of sort of DLA cars and sort of finance cars you know before they go back they're like I'm gonna get it sorted out and stuff yeah. and a lot of them, like, well, if they're bringing it to me for paint, they clearly care about their car, you know yeah. what I mean? But the, you do get the odd one where you're just like, how, how do you drive this? That'd you be terrible. I mean? But then, you know, there's Andy Maxwell. He would send you the odd picture of customers' cars, and there's people, and it's their own car, and it's fucking rotten inside. Mm, like, I don't, don't get me wrong, like, my Golf is dusty inside, but that's just generally because I'm a dusty guy, because yeah. I'm a painter, <laughs> like, but... I do give it a like, whip around once in a once in a while, like, but one never gonna get, let it get too bad. If <laughs> one of the worst ones I was ever in when I worked in Halfords was do a radio fit in a Clio, so it would have been the Clio that you had, Pete, that ship. So it was a few years ago. Yeah, so the the radio was simple, singled in, two mm-hmm. pins in, pull the thing out. Mm-hmm. You could do it in five minutes. Yeah. The 
below that there's two ash or sorry there's two well this was an ashtray there's two uh cup holders and the two coke tins in it empty and they're using them as an ashtray uh and they were built up yeah. they the had got it that high it was like two peaks it was like two <laughs> and, and i was like well the first thing i thought was how does this not fall off when you go around a corner and mm. the second one was i'm not touching anything in this car and it's, a, it's the only no sorry there was two it was only i was gonna say it was the only one second one that i refused to do in like four years or something in halfords i was like i'm not getting into that that's Aye. disgusting the other one was a year old a3 sport back with someone who had a dog looked like that knitted a seat cover out of dog hair <laughs> and you couldn't actually see the original seats it was just like woven into it i was like no nah, i'm not uh, sitting that that lovely wet dog smell as oh, well. of course yep. yeah I, I had was a like, car oh. with that the whole time I owned it was wet dog smell like it was not good no no thanks do you remember that field car you were talking about before we started recording the mm. Mark 2 yes that was Simon Maynard's originally right okay and when they bought when he bought that and brought it home it took him months to get the smell of wet dog out oh, it gets everywhere it gets into the it, I think it's in the car but it's like yeah. a dog had died in the boot and had <laughs> left in the boot for several months went to the car again and went oh that's right Rex is in the boot. I will take a bite, sure. I sure sell that motor there. <laughs> I can keep the dog. Um, what about yourself, then? What's just, up? just a? F- I was just entering a few uh, raffle competitions. You know the car raffles, Pete? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you have that's a slippery slope, like. So yeah, well, um, tell me about I can, I've actually deleted a few off mine. Cause on the back of Ross from Anakin winning an M3, Clark doing a Clark winning his right, Golf R, and then recently Ryan Cudlip, he won a Mark II 20 valve. Really? So... I was like, oh, this must be easy. It's getting so, closer to home. Because um, <laughs> it's usually, uh, this boy from Calvin has won. Uh, Letter so, Kelly. Somebody, somebody actually mentioned in our Kings when somebody won something. Does anybody north of the border every, say, every yeah. win? <laughs> but it just shows you how many people down there are buying them. Oh, you know, buying the tickets. Like. You're there getting that good furlough money. Oh, you're right. Okay. Um, but no, I entered a few. Edition 30, RS3 competition. And then I think you entered a two. It was the 800 break, UR Quattro. The black one? No, I wasn't in that no. one. I the am in one at the minute one. for a Hilux Invincible, though. So Sweet. Keep so, your fingers crossed. Come up for I've me. been <laughs> promised it's mine. The draw was on Monday night. It was 6 p.m. draw, and I went, yes, let's go, let's go. Uh, my number was 1729. The winner was 1739. Uh, <laughs> see, this is where you draw it in. You look and you go, it's, you think it's some sort of skill game where you're like, yeah. I was 10 numbers off that. I can get closer. I know, it's like, <laughs> how? <laughs> Yeah. I, I, same thing happened to me I think it was two numbers out I think it was well that's what a friend actually says could be worse could be a number away yeah oh. I think it was 1851 and I was 187 and but I was it, an RX7 in my oh. head in my head I was going that fella bought the tickets within minutes of, you know if they're consecutive yeah uh, it was not randomly assigned so, so if I had yes. bought 10 tickets I would have it <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, yeah, I'm definitely more of a chance here, you know, because nice. I sort of think if Nail, you, you buy one, buy ten, you're still, well, I know you have technically more chance of winning, but I just signed buy one and just be done. Just one. leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, I started having visions of the, you know, the priest and father Ted that buys all the raffle tickets. Oh, yes, I, <laughs> yep. That's Don't a, go down that path, Nige. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, though. So, uh, yeah, Gam- that's all that's new with me anyway. Gamble aware. That's it. Like, well, sure, Clark, before he won his car, like, he was heavily invested oh here we go so the, the, the truth's coming out now <laughs> Clark, Clark. He, I think he was spending something I think he was talking about it in the group and I think there was like something stupid like sort of 60 or 70 quid a week that's mental he was putting in their raffle tickets like. but I can tell you what though you can see how when people do get addicted to gambling and chasing a loss you know you sort of think oh, that's to yourself, it. you don't really think that's gambling no but it is because it's a but, new form of it yeah here's the thing too if there's a thousand tickets 
Mm-hmm. For, there's usually a thousand to two thousand tickets in them competitions, isn't there? I think it depends on the people it, doing it them. Depends but yeah. and sort of on the cars. It's still well. far better odds in the lottery. I will. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're definitely more chance of winning. But then like. somebody would say, "Well, it's twenty quid a ticket." I was going to say the lottery. Where's like, a couple of quid? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's two pound. It used to be a pound. If I won the lottery, you could buy whatever you wanted. Well, true, true. But then they're obviously doing a lot of the cash equivalents now, which a lot of people are going for. Cause yeah, somebody. Our kings done that when they raffled something like the G wagon. They did a G wagon mm-hmm. or like a hundred grand or something. Yeah. And I was like, but it was your man for either of those. Fine, <laughs> Driftworks. He won a was it a four or five eight or something. Oh, nice. But he took the cash equivalent. It would, no, what? It was a, I can't remember what the car was, but it was like an awesome car, and he went for cash equivalent. It's like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just go for the car? It's like. Because they're giving you hundred grand cash. Yeah, uh, I know. Who wouldn't do that? Yeah. Yes, you have a flash car for a bit, but you, you might be you probably stuck lose, with it up yours. You know? probably lose thirty grand if you go to sell it again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you get the likes of that car. It could be an absolute dog of a thing. You could know, it could be, be yeah. cat C. You don't know. And then because I heard that was, it, was that fell from Driftworks, was it? No, it was one of the it was one of the other fellas. I'm pretty sure it was a four or five eight. Instead. It's funny to think how competitions have evolved from. Remember years ago, there was a car set at the airport. Oh yeah, yes. fifty quid a ticket. People were going. I dead on, yeah. Well, sure, all you used did it as well with a raffle car, like, you know. That's right, for a dub shed. The first one I ever really remember was this SN38 doing it. Yeah, that was That's probably right. the Every first year. I remember. And it was good, like, you know, and it was it was always like a, it wasn't just a random car, it was always like a, obviously a Volkswagen of sorts and a decent mark in them as well. I think they flip-flop between old and new as well each they year, did, or was yeah. that you guys did that? So they did like an early one, because like, they did like Mark Four anniversaries and stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. They have, sp- they have serious sponsor weight behind them that you can do go, it. I hear do the interior for us. Well, that's whatever. it, yeah, because they're basically not paying for any of it. Like, you know, it's just getting. I think they're just buying a car and then throwing around I their just, sponsors, yeah. going fire stuff with that. Exactly, but it works like, yeah, yeah. sweet. Somebody gets a sweet car. Was there a guy one Distant 38 car two, two years in a row or something? Yes, there was. Was it a bit I controversial? Remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the forms were alive. Because I, I think I was actually in the field when he won, and then I heard somebody say, he fucking won that last year. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, like, Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> Take him to the ground! He I must die! Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit uh, annoying, to be fair. Like, but. One of the funniest ones i ever seen in edition was they used to draw the, the prizes for you know, like the like top 10, that kind of thing, for mm-hmm. the cars. Mm-hmm. And then they would do the raffle afterwards. And you could see everyone was hanging on just for the raffle, you know, that to see who had won. Yeah. yeah. And it, as soon as the guy said the first number of the ticket, <laughs> about half the crowd just dispersed. <laughs> and like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's all the way. Like, it's kind of the same at sort of dub shit whenever they're like, like obviously doing prize giving and stuff. And then like mostly I was like Mark 1, uh, whenever you just did like a Mark 1, Mark 2 class and uh-huh. stuff. And then you got through them and all, and then like, the crowd just Cars disappeared. Cars are starting up in the background. Uh, and and I remember the year, what was your man? Doogie. Tricks. Aye, and the, the Mark III started yeah, and like banged bang. and flipping everybody's like, oh, it's a gunshot, sniper, sniper, Jesus. Jesus. You know. Do you know what there's, I call there's that, an, though? There's an angry, angry showgirl who didn't win Mark I class walking around with AK. <laughs> just murking boys, like. I just don't care about here, we're too small. Plus, I know sorry, we can fight Lee, back. Sorry. Do you know what that's called, though? What? Rude. Ignorance. <laughs> Fucking rude. rude. Yeah. <laughs> You're not far No wrong. damn respect. That's it. Correct. Right? Yeah. These kids these days, ah, young whippersnappers. whippersnappers. That's it, them. <laughs> Showing her age, guys, aren't we? No, mm. tell me about it. Yeah. Right, let's move on to the news. Yes, what um, have we got? Well, 
I'll just kick off, first of all, by some local news. Do you want to tell us the coronavirus numbers for today? Or? <laughs> oh. Well, I'll start that's with some... in the news. That is like fin- thousands of died! It's like, yeah, over the pace of like six months. That's, the, that's <laughs> like the final scored football of Saturday now, the news every night. Aye. That's what it's like. Reload, reload conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll start with some local news, which is that uh, the North, obviously, as we know, are in a four-week fucking circuit breaker or whatever it's, uh, it's, it's all the new buzzwords they come up with oh, so this time it's circuit breaker it's not so what time. circuit breaker in it's like right. I um, thought actually when Boris announced this you see the moonshot thing or something you know, is like, that another one is it what's that I, I thought has he been watching too much Bond <laughs> <laughs> I don't know moonraker what, what is he going to be like a new villain is he like mm-hmm. uh, he's like a special <laughs> island to like, like sleep on uh, so once we announced that then the south couldn't be outdone so then they are now in a six week level five lockdown which is like even stricter than the North. But of course, I have to go to work in the South. And of course, the very first day of the new level five lockdown was the day the dickhead here had to get up early in the morning and go to Dublin. So there's a checkpoint now at the border at Jonesborough where they actually take you off the motorway. So they take two lanes of motorway traffic down to one and then up the slip road at Jonesborough. You get to the top of the slip road where the roundabout is and that's where the Garda checkpoint is. So I got up and it honestly took me like 45 minutes of just sitting in dead slow and stop traffic just to get up to, to, get to the fucking checkpoint. Like a hundred yards. So I was okay. So I got up, rolled down the window and the Garda lady said, oh, well, what about you? Good morning or whatever. And uh, she says, where are you off to? And I says, Dublin. And she says, oh, for work, is it? And I says, yeah, do you need to see my letter? Because you have to carry a letter now if you to say that you're an essential worker or your business is essential or whatever. And as I reached for the letter, she was like, no, no, don't worry about it. Thanks. <laughs> and I was like, so I literally could have said anything. anything. Yeah. And she literally didn't care. I'm just off to leave a bomb. Yep. I just got <laughs> some AKs down I'm, the road I'm, here. I'm a, I'm a terrorist. <laughs> but what but, was the point in slowing all that traffic down I for an hour? Him. For absolutely no reason bring back the army checkpoint that's what i say <laughs> bring her back. back yeah they were the guns and all they were the days filtered in through the wee like the with the cut through the rock in the mountain basically do you remember that nice one no i yeah. remember the ones uh was it on your way to the airport oh wow. uh, yeah where the the level crossing is where's you, that oh just uh, before the restaurant and left aye just, uh, oh, yes, yes, that's right, yeah. It's all overgrown now, I think, isn't it? Or they took it away. The laybys are still there, but the, the essentially, because there used to be like wee huts and stuff, but that's yeah. all gone I remember now. the wee huts, yeah. yeah. I forgot about those. But that was like, I was like early, hard 90s, like. Yeah. It was, you know. When well, men were men. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have to be. You get shot. That's it. Sometimes you get shot anyway. <laughs> that's it. What about you, Nigel? Um, one story for news this week, and it's basically local news. Sorry. It's. Uh, an incident that happened on the 17th of October, um, it was a Saturday, it was the Kirkuson, um 500 Motor Racing Club that had a series of events, it was like a car and super cart meeting. I heard about this. And they basically got stopped two hours into their event via email. That's a strange ah, one. nice. You know what I can think of when that says, how do you split up with your girlfriend? Email. Uh, a text or an email. I bet you the email started, they're like, I hope this email finds you well. No. <laughs> Good morning. How's the crack? My, uh, my <laughs> See how we sing you're doing? Stop it. Aye. Knock that in the head, would you? So, I, I wouldn't have opened the email. Um, I saw a good one the other day for the opening of an email to say, uh, Hello, Lee. Uh, I hope you are staying positive and testing negative. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's brilliant. You, know, you can click the emails and select or mark as unread. Yes. Never mind. I'd be like, unread. Race on, boys. I don't know what you're talking about. So um, I actually know a couple of guys down at Kirkuson and one of them is Donald O'Neill. He actually runs the track skills um, owners track days and then he's involved with the 500 club down there. So uh, I was chatting to him messenger and he sent over this wee audio file. So it's a four minute clip of what went down. So Nigel, as you know, the executive brought out their new rulings quite late on the 16th, that was the Friday night before our race meeting. The race meeting wasn't the biggest one in the world. There was only, I think, 63 entries. But we got qualifying off shortly after 9 o'clock on the Saturday morning. We had a couple of stoppages, red flags. Uh, we had a fiesta ended up on its roof. And then we had a problem with one of the legends. So it was after the 5th qualifying session which was about half nine-ish maybe quarter to sorry half ten maybe quarter to eleven or so we had a red flag with the legends and the whole thing was cleared up and lo and behold the meeting wasn't going again Uh, I was called up to race control and I discovered that we had had an email from the department of uh, communities telling us that under the new legislation that had been brought in the night before, we were not allowed to run because we didn't qualify as either uh, an elite event. In other words, all the participants were elite athletes and the fact that we had more than 15 people on site. Uh, Kirkuston is a 30-acre site, which is a massive place. I would say... Using a generous estimate, we would have had a maximum of 250 people on site that morning. Now, as soon as this email came through, that automatically invalidated our insurance for the event because the the license for the event issued by Motorsport UK would, as a matter of course, automatically be rescinded once we are told by our government that we are not allowed to run. So that was the awkward situation that we were in. Here we were, we had a load of cars uh, and a load of people ready to race. They were all on site. They'd been on site and active from 9 o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden they had to abandon the meeting uh, with all the hassle that that involves. So that's what happened. That's where you are. We uh, officially announced the meeting was being abandoned at uh, 11.21 a.m. And everybody had to pack up and go home. It was a very unfortunate way to end the season because we had a number of championships that were to be finalised that day. So they have been finalised based on the results prior to that day. Uh, realistically, I have to say and make it very, very clear to the people who are listening to you that this, the, the government, ha- they're not targeting motorsport. They're not targeting the 500 Motor Racing Club Uh, Nobody is trying to victimise us. We are just victims of circumstances. Uh, I wouldn't want to change place with any of our MLAs in this current situation who are making decisions to the best of their ability. Uh, But we are a minority sport and most MLAs, most civil servants even, don't really understand what we do or how we do it. I would honestly think that if any of the MLAs 
were at Kirkuson that day, they would have seen what was going on and realised that, oh, uh, our legislation really doesn't need to stop an event like this because this is a very safe event. Um, you know, there's no grief. There's no, um, we're not feeling, we are feeling hard done by, but we're not feeling that anybody set out to do hard things by us. You know, uh, it wasn't deliberate. Victims of circumstance. What we would like to see in place is two things. A, legislation doesn't get brought in at the very last minute. Uh, and B, when legislation is brought in, that there's a very, very direct route where we can make our case. Now, to be fair, we have had a couple of people in the Department of Communities who have been very, very helpful to us, but they in turn are taking their lead from the Minister and it would have been nice if we'd had a bit more time to make our case to the minister and say, look, we don't think that we are the type of thing that you're legislating against, or you want to legislate against, and therefore we would like you to make some changes. Uh, now, I'm sure there are other organisations who could say the very same thing, but that's what happened, and um, there's not a lot we can do about it. The season is over. It's finished. Hopefully next year will be a, a much more normal year than this year has been. Isn't that mad now? So there you go. Again, thank you very much for Donald, Donald sending through that uh, audio clip there. Fair play, Adam, because he's a lot more reserved than I would have been. I was going to say, he's a very careful sort of <laughs> answer and response to that. Yeah, like. but it's, he's right in what he's saying. You know, they're not personally being victimised, but I'm sure a lot of people feel that way because... I just always wonder, like, why why then? Like, what you know, was this people that live nearby and they've seen this and then... That's where what I think. Well, it's know, always a motorsport. There's always been that. issues with when we used to run, yeah, when we on track days, like mm-hmm. if we were too loud, next thing no noise on Sunday and all this. And somebody knows, somebody makes a phone call. <laughs> somebody in the house has heard the cars and went What's straight going on, on the phone. Exactly, yeah. What's... It's just a shame because, like, like he says, it's probably one of the safest places to do like a socially distance, you know. But motorsport event. in general has to be safe, and yeah. any, any event that's run is always run to the best of the abilities uh-huh. of people there. So, like. They're going to take into account everything because they know rightly if somebody turns up, sees that they're not socially distanced or doing what the government are looking, they're going to get shut down. So mm-hmm. they, they obviously want to keep going. So they're going to abide by it. Yeah. Like to be fair, I was there probably about a month and a half ago now. Um, a friend of mine invited me down um, for a track day just. Mm-hmm. And we were down there and I sort of I brought my mask and all thinking, right, okay. But uh, like to be fair, like there wasn't enough people for it to be an issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like like you say, you can just bugger off up the other end of the track and there was nobody up there, you know? And well, that's we worked it out before there that he's saying it's a 30-acre site with a maximum of 250 people mm-hmm. on it. If there was the 250, there, it's eight, per, eight people per acre. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's, that's a big area to cover <laughs> for eight people. when you put it like that. Like, it's like, obviously, like the middle of the track would be a whole lot smaller. Yeah. But then you have the whole outside and the other side. Like, There's no reason you can't make it safe. I mean, people could sit in their cars, you know. Just before we came on air there, um, I was listening to the news and they still haven't decided about letting people into the uh, Irish League games. They're still arguing about it a week on. Um, I thought that was... I, th- I thought it was all settled. I thought it was well, settled the other day. On the news talking about it, oh, the Irish League's going to make an announcement and looks like they're going to stop them going in. Nobody knows what's going on. So... Then are you surprised? Look at the decisions have been rushed in without consultation with different True. sectors of business and all. They're just sort of saying it, and then obviously yeah. whoever it's a problem for, they're just having to deal with it now. They're just like, oh, this is what we have to do. Apparently. It's just like somebody walking into a bar and going, "The bar's on fire. See you later. Good luck." Closing the door. <laughs> <Right>. Hello. <laughs> Out. And sinking ship like. Yeah. 
But no, that's my news. Anyway, um, thank you again to Don. What I have here then, uh, SSC to Tara. Have you guys heard of it? Just broke the production car land speed record there. Right. So it's a 5.9 litre V8 twin turbo. It's a flat plane crank, so it sounds actually unbelievable. It's not like your typical American V8 where it's kind of lumpy sounding. Uh, it's, it's more like, like the, the Ferrari, Ferrari type. Yep. Yeah. This thing's running on E85 and it makes 1,750 horsepower. So mm. it also only weighs 1,250 kilos. So that's, that's like dangerous. <laughs> like your Golf, essentially. Maybe it's probably lighter than your Golf, Nigel. I think they're about four, 13, no, 13 and a half, I think they are, Mark yeah. 5. So in round that, that's probably like your car with a 1,900 horsepower. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Yeah, I'd be a bit silly there. So they do this record over a seven mile stretch of road outside of, or outside of Las Vegas in Nevada. And it's anybody who doesn't know it's run over two runs. So you do a run and then you do a run the other way and then it's taking the average of the two. First run, they managed 301 miles an hour. And the second run, they got 331. So an average of 316 overall. So that's in a car that, albeit if you have a lot of money, you can buy off the shelf. Yeah. It's like there's nothing changed with them. It has to be as a com- as it's bought. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's absolutely mental. I can't even imagine doing that kind of speed. You know, what? I, like, let's talk dollars. What are they looking? I don't know. I think it's like two million or something. They'll just come up with a figure. Yeah, they'll just Aye. throw it out there. They're going totally. to build... Hello, rich people. We've built something really exclusive. <laughs> just throw us your bank details. They're going, they're going to build 100 of them overall. I think it's like 20 per year or something they're going to do. Um, I think there's 50 hard tops, and then the rest are going to be a combination of different like spiders, targas, that kind of thing. And what does it look like? It's really nice. Like, I it's not like into a McLaren sort of shape thing? That kind, yeah, onto that or like... Uh, very much like the previous record holder was the Agura, the Koenigsegg Agura RS. Mm. It managed 278, so it absolutely smashed that record. That's absolutely insane, the speeds look. But it looks kind of like that, yeah. Um, this, when you get above that 250, or even you get above 200, you're going to say 200 was like the, the, that was the, the pinnacle, pinnacle yeah. for a while there. And, but the, the physics and the science behind that must just get absolutely insane. I was listening to an interview with uh, one of the designers, um, Jason Castriota, and he was saying that they basically designed the workings of the car. So they done like a passenger cell, got the engine mounted, and I think there's, I can't remember what the figure is, but a ridiculous amount of radiators on it. So they placed all those, and then they just designed the car around that. So it wasn't a case of like taking the design, trying to fire everything into it. So mm. it was it was built to do Function. that kind mm. of thing. But they were saying that on the day, the, the mental crosswinds, so they done, because of the crosswinds, they only done two runs. They done a, like a prep run, mm-hmm. and then they done the proper run. And the driver, um, Oliver Webb, he came back after they'd done that run, which did absolutely smash the record anyway. And said, can I have new pants, please? Oh, well, he said, <laughs> he, he, said, he says, I'm not doing another run, that's it. There you go. You have what you got, because... It was a cross- kind of speed with a crosswind, like. Well, it's a tape on the Cumber Carriageway, but the anywhere crosswind, like that's very similar. Very similar, You well, you done Route sixty sixty, so you probably would be familiar with these kind of roads. But it was mm-hmm. just in the desert, and it's two lanes, no hard shoulders, nothing, and the crosswinds shifted them two meters during the run, like sidewards two meters. So yeah, yeah my pants would be brown at that. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was also saying as well that during it for correcting for steering he says you didn't even really touch the wheel he says it was more like you thought about it and whatever your muscles did you know like the slightest flinch at all mm-hmm. corrected the car on he says he, he, if you touched the wheel at that sort of speed you were dead mm. plus up to 200 mile an hour they were part throttle 
they only got on the full throttle after 200 mile an hour because it was just wheel spinning. His balls must be massive. Yeah, the hang of that Wheel design. spinning up to 200 mile an hour. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the, ca- the, CAD, the CAD model when they were designing the car. Just massive room for his balls. <laughs> but no, I'm not into supercars, as I've said many times. Like, and, mm. But the engineering side of that. And just yeah, you can appreciate sort of... 300 mile an hour. And then I was seeing a thing on Facebook and... I have a wild habit of reading Facebook comments and getting angry. <laughs> and this guy was on and he was like some redneck hillbilly with no teeth. And I was like, my mate's drag car does 300 mile an hour 20 years ago. And I'm like, this is a production car, mate. Yeah, and he kept it. going on. And I was like, this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remove yourself from your sister and understand <laughs> that this is a production car. Put the sibling down. Exactly. Yeah. This is not a quad turbo fucking Fox body Mustang. That's it. Like, Get with uh, the times. Yeah. So, you're always going to get people like that, though. Like they, they are obviously oh. from a different generation altogether as well. Yep. You know, I built this in the shed, and it does uh, that. I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but can you build many amount of them? Can you build a hundred of them? Yeah, make them all the same. No, exactly. Another quick one I have then. Um, our friend Corey Sterling, an American owns the VW Guards. He sponsors guy Zach Martin. He has a front wheel drive drag car. Runs an S front wheel drive series. Um, it's a Mark III Golf Air Six Turbo. Mm-hmm. So trying to put that power in front wheel drive is. Uh, Always. Well, you know, Nigel, with your, what are you, 300 odd horsepower? Nice. Um, about three weeks ago on the dyno, um, he split the block, just destroyed it. Three weeks later, new engine sitting. His first dyno pull at 40 something PSI was making 1040 horsepower. And there's more left. I think it'll run 50 PSI. So it's out this week, I think, coming. When it, actually, the day this goes out, he'll be drag racing uh-huh. for the rest of the week. And. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. I have to say, those VR sort of turbo builds are getting quite popular now. Have you seen, yeah. you probably have seen your man Dom's S4. Oh, yes. The 188 ST built in Austria. That's uh, a serious motor. Like. They're crazy. Yeah. A lot of the, the B5 guys are going that direction as well, even yeah. with R32 I think engines. It's, I think it's down to generally being... Compact. More compact, and generally the bits are easier to get. And yeah. sort of cheaper, because you, you do anything to an S4 engine. Oh, KO4, yeah. you know, you're talking eight grand just to, like, Turbo yeah. map it pretty much, you know. It's and then it's been developed over twenty years, tuned. Mm-hmm. That they know what works and what doesn't work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been that much development on it over the years. It's easy you can like both a large them. part. A large part of that would be down to Don Don Octane and I Donkey Tech. Donkey those guys, Tech, yeah, no? yeah, that's it. So no, I was chatting to him last night, and we've uh, he secured an interview with him as well. So it'll be interesting cool. to hear a bit about that. But I just really want to know how you put that much power down in front wheel drive. He yeah. ran in the second Pray. quarter there. Just sort of, <laughs> he, he was in the eights on the quarter mile there and I'm like that's insane yeah. that is crazy so another guy with like massive he, balls <laughs> you think at them drag days we had locally Richard Bradley and his mm. oh the S14 that he was running the S14 yeah. with the Skyline engine and then you had the Granada LS oh. Turbo yeah they were doing low 10s and, and you were just sitting there going that's well I, that's, 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 that's 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 <laughs> yeah no that's <laughs> yeah is it over in America though is that front wheel drive class there's a lot of civics and stuff running on it too like and what they're doing is mental I seen a video the other night um, I think it was last night actually you might have seen it it was a race between a civic and a Subaru okay and 1320 video was it no it might have been I can't remember it, it was very like a 1320 but to be fair but basically yeah long story short they're racing on the street and it was a Subaru don't know what power it was or anything but they put down initially I think they were obviously racing for money, so it was a couple hundred dollars. And he's like, right, okay, okay, okay. And then he took him up the, the strip, and then like literally the Honda completely 
annihilated. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's only a, it's only a damn holiday, you know, like yep. out there. And, and then next thing he's like, no, no, I can get this guy, I can get this guy. He put down 38 grand. What? And the Honda just drove away from him. And then the guy's like, oh, all this damn fucking crap for a damn Honda. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff. And I just like, grand. talk about a sore loser. Well, what, you know, Where did he pluck that number from? 38 grand. So basically... <laughs> I had a, they were just pulling cash out of everywhere. So they were they were getting their mates, and it, it looked like he actually did a, a deal with a loan shark just to get them all. So, so basically, the super owner's now dead. Very well be because he, he got out of there very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you next week, Bye bye. Go. So hey, honey, book flights to Mexico now. <laughs> but it just shows you, you know, like obviously Subaru four wheel drive and then a Honda. Yeah, yeah. You know, he thought he had the essentially the, the jump because he has four-wheel drive but he, he actually messed up the start to be fair it bogged down Bogged. and the Honda just it just went gone <laughs> gone it was a DC5 I think it was alright oh, so it was but yeah quite impressive what you can do with a front-wheel drive car these yeah. days like. it's a lot of driver skill as well involved mm, it's a bit yeah. like rear-wheel drive rallying you know you, there's yes, just, it's a different I, mentality like I, they're definitely a screw loose those boys oh nuts just rally but, drives in general I think are a bit, yeah. bit crazy especially now like those I, the rallying's happen sort of now you could compare it to like Group B stuff yeah they're that crazy so they are like obviously I mean, it's a lot safer now but that's the only thing that is different yeah. yeah you have the safety like even designer roll cages and things like mm-hmm. that you know they are safer but it is into that territory like they've restricted even WRC cars have restricted them for years now yeah, yeah. You know, they've always trying to keep them in around that 300 horsepower but that's why they're also making the cars smaller yeah but the same power you know because they're all about like can't we small Hyundai's and Citroen's and whatever else yeah you know but um that's uh, pretty cool. Like, actually, I, I've started watching a bit more rallying now because it's actually it's back to being competitive. It's back to being fun and sort of you know it was very sort of sort of like sort of like F one now. It's yeah. quite boring, I find. You know, but uh, the rallying is definitely fairly impressive now. So, no, I have to agree with you there. Full skills. Mm-hmm. I, I think I said it last week. We could ask the question about your favorite Irish driver. That's right. Yeah. And I sort of went. I could never pick a track driver because a rally driver has to face several different surfaces. Yeah, on varying yep. conditions, so that is true skill mm-hmm. compared to a circuit racer. I think. But that's it. Yeah. Here you go. That us for the news then. That's us for the news. Um, I have just a few wee YouTube bits and pieces here. So the first piece or first uh, video I seen this week was Jamie Orr. Some of you in the VW world will be well familiar with Jamie. Yeah, you're, you're very friendly with Jamie, aren't you? Colin? Yeah, Jamie uh, helped him finish a car at my VW. Well, done a bit with it, yeah, but it was a. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah, Jamie, I was the first that actually met him in person. He was a decent guy, like 100%. Yeah, so he's been doing a lot of social media stuff over the last couple of years. And particularly with lockdown, he's been in the lockdown lives. Yeah. And, or not, not, that's ours, lockdown lives. <laughs> but, but, but <laughs> live, was, live at five, I think. Live at five, he used to do, or does. Which and, is 10 for us. But he's also, he's endorsed by several different companies now. And he's a media rep for Volkswagen America or the Sun. Yeah, brand ambassador, brand I think ambassador. So he got his hands in the new ID4 and it was only a, I think it was a uh, like an early production type one. car and uh, he done a video on it. So it's very good hearing this perspective from a true VW enthusiast walking around it and going around it and picking up wee details of throwbacks Oh, that's relating to the GTI and this. Yeah, and Jamie's like, knowledge and that kind of thing is really nerdy, yeah. so he'll sort of pick up on things so, that your average person wouldn't. I think he, he basically got given the very base single motor on the twin motor long range one or whatever, but it was it was a basic walk around and stuff and walk around inside it and showing you inside it and stuff. So if you want to check that out. Um, the next one then is, I think, Hoonigan and Top Gear 
I think a lot of media guys on YouTube done a piece on the new Ford Mustang and Ford developed the Mustang Mach-E which is a 7 motor 1400 brake horsepower demonstration machine basically just to show off right so Ken Block was involved so there was lots of tires destroyed basically ah. <laughs> but that was the Hoonigan video but uh, the Top Gear one more locally was I think it's the editor of Top Gear he done a walk around with it and I think he I don't know he didn't drive it but um, somebody drove it actually because Mark Easton who was on the Driven Run uh-huh. the Aston Martin the Aston. he actually does a lot of media production and he done the editing on the Top Gear video very good so a big shout out to Mark um, he had an early preview of it the thing looks absolutely insane um, it's part of Ford's drive now to commit to e-cars basically and they're investing 11 billion into it so they're not looking about mm, Yay. the end of petrol is now I know <laughs> It's scary. Everybody thought, has like, their sad faces on. I know it is. It's just like, <laughs> but I think it was Jay Leno who said, "Embrace the electric revolution because it means that your petrol car will be your fun weekend car." True. Yeah. But it won't because they're not going to build petrol cars anymore. I know. They just won't exist. Well, then we'll buy them all and keep them in our sheds. <laughs> Leave them in that years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I said, if you could hold on to something now, like I. I sort of plan and hold on the M3 if I can you know but uh, that'll be the car like the yeah. driving time, True 20 years car. time like yeah Lee has a yard full of investments <laughs> investments I, Lee if yeah. you have a yard or a workshop or anything you have investments yeah. you know what I mean you have to invest and smart it, money and it, they might not be investments to most people but you have to say they're investments because it makes you feel better oh like, yeah it convinces you know I mean? yourself like oh check out all the investments here you know I was actually doing a put photo of the Crado on the Edition 30 on Instagram there about a week or two ago. Remember down down the hill? That's right, yeah. Jack's doing this media thing. My son Jack's doing this uh, media course and he wanted to do pictures of the car. So mm-hmm. my wife drove the Edition 30 down and I drove the Crado down. <laughs> and what did she say? She hated driving it. She never wanted to drive it again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just remember turn around her, just when you're talking about investment, I just turned around and said to her, there's 10 years of me working. Yeah, uh, you know, I right, that's that's yeah. you know builds and, and throwing money at things. But imagine you I could see her eyes rolling, you know. <laughs> you can say that, and you have two nice cars to point at. I can say the same thing and have five absolute shit boxes to point at. <laughs> I think something all that way. It's just like nothing's actually really done, you know. Yeah. But oh, um, see, your wife probably looks at me and like, that could have been a bloody conservative. You know, <laughs> oh, just, well, we've got glass, we're getting, we've ordered double glazing there, but I think the next thing's a kitchen, so I better. Hold on to the extra tight. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Come on, one day one's gone. Just keep talking about how much you love them. <laughs> the family right. or the cars? <laughs> the cars. Don't be silly, the cars. Talk about your family, but really you're talking about the cars, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. They're part of the family. <laughs> ah, they are. Ah. Um, two more uh, YouTube pieces. And the first is a video that was dropped this week. And it's one of my favorite YouTube channels, Juicebox. You know what, Pete? I don't Southern, actually know. Southern guys. Oh, that's no. fantastic. Um very job focused aren't they JDM guys right. um, they're probably not that far off your age Connor they're mid 30s young young fella that's early good. 30s early 30s we'll go, uh, 31 I right. think early 30s um, they're guys have grown up through the early 2000s with uh, the job culture down in Waterford but yeah I've talked about them several times before but they dropped their 10 year stroke 100k subscriber video uh, it was basically a half hour video on the history of the channel where they started, how it came up. And it was a really interesting look. And he, he has touched on it before, how the channel started, but this was a full half hour thing about it. And he actually nearly gave up on the channel about 
five or six years ago. And it just shows what the channel was actually, was never about the money. It was always about the passion for the car. It was fun, yeah. And he came across, I've always liked him anyway, but it really came across that how much his passion is about the cars, the community. Mm. And uh, yeah, really good. You can't buy that though. That's the sort of thing that people see or you can't, you know, you can't artificially inject that into videos or anything that you do. People always know Anybody's heavily involved, like the four of us are heavily involved in the car oh, scene. Very much so, yeah. And you can always see who's there for attention mm-hmm. or for, you know, the other means other than just enjoyment on it. Well, that's it. Like, there is a lot of people now, like, don't, don't get me wrong, if you want to set, you know, set up a YouTube channel, more part here, but like, at least be interesting. Like, yeah. Because you know, I've seen a lot of ones, I'm not going to mention names or anything, but they, they are, they're just like, they're just doing mundane things. Going through the motions. Yeah, and it's just like, no, do like if you're going to do it, you know, and these would be people from the car scene as well, you know, like do something about your cars, you know, yeah. like, don't do mundane tasks throughout the day, you know, nobody wants to watch that. It's not interesting. No, nobody wants to do that. Unless you're... <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Unless you're an attractive young lady and you're doing with your top off. I mean, I assume people would well, watch that. I think that. that's a different I thing. Yeah. Say, I would uh... watch that. <laughs> <laughs> We're to sign up for that one. <laughs> Only fans. I was going to say the links are in most of their bios now. That's, right. <laughs> that's a full episode podcast there. Well, that's not another time. Um, Touching what? Uh, nothing. <laughs> the last YouTube shout out or mention is basically a fella, an English fella called Dan Chambers. And a thanks to Mark Hill who actually put me on to this guy. Um, he has a channel there. It's basically off the back of uh, a build series last year. Um, him and his wife is the Dan Nabby channel it was a crafter van they sold their house bought a crafter van completely kitted out to travel around the world they finished it I think two weeks before Covid lockdown Flip. and so that scuppered things mm-hmm. so now Dan has started different build series is, and then as soon as uh, lockdown came in he bought a T5 and done a semi build on it fully resprayed all the rest of it but his latest one, and the one I want to draw attention to, is his Mark 1 Golf GTI rebuild. Um, I think he's probably on episode 12 of it. But it's a full comprehensive strip down the process of uh, rebuilding stuff. He's, he's a big transporter guy, but the Mark 1 build, just I found it very interesting. Because I have areas my Mark 1 will have to address soon, and it's very... It's not technical as a nerdy, but you're sort of looking at it going, oh, that's how you do that to that. That's you know? a good idea, yeah. Um, but it's good. Just when you're talking about uh, Crafter there, big shouts to Gavin Black for oh, his Crafter in, yes. is it T4 magazine or something? IV, Transporter magazine. Transporter magazine. Yeah. By the way, that van is fucking class. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was in the first driven run. That's right. We talked after. about it after uh, the, the first driven run. Yes, with the audio. Uh, with the, the sound audio, system yeah. on. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. you know, Gary was giving like carte blanche with that. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need some, need some signs and that. two 15s in the back of it I as well. In the back and he's like, jump in up there. And I was like, all right, okay. And then he put the song on and flipping. And they were deafening me like it was, it's pretty impressive. Like, you know what I'm thinking? I know what I'm thinking. I wonder, could you fit a Mark 1 Golf in the back of that? You probably could. I reckon that'd be yeah. cool to rock up this show. That would show. be pretty sporting. Yeah. Like two <laughs> rumps at the back and all. Even better, could Gavin, you fit? get it sorted. <laughs> could you fit a split screen van on the back of it? Mm. Flip out. You probably could. And you get down in the last ones like this one. That'd be pretty funny, would actually, yeah. But yeah, well done, Gavin. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty cool van, like. But that so, that channel there with the rebuilding the Mark One, I, I find stuff like that interesting because yeah. if it's something you're thinking about doing, you mm-hmm. probably have done a lot of that, Pete. You know, like say underbody well, you've done an underbody restoration we'll yeah, talk about, but yeah. like 
anybody at home who wants to give it a go and hasn't seen like so that will talk you right through exactly well, what you it, should it be seems doing. That I think like modifying cars to a lot of people now seems very daunting. Yeah, you know what I mean because they see the boys doing builds and like the literally I'm 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 the worst for it, not showing how building stuff uh-huh. and then just coming out to the end with a finished product. Yeah, and people think oh it's it's really hard to do. Now, the only hard part. If you don't have the skill, would maybe be the paintwork, in my opinion. Everything else yeah. you can sort of just pick up. You can pick up the paintwork too, don't get me wrong, but there's too many people out there that think they are painters, if you know what I mean. Hello. <laughs> well, not so much you. Like, you can actually put a decent coat of paint on, like, but there's, there's plenty of people out there doing the aerosols and stuff and thinking it's just the same job, you know. Mm. I'll not take my own trumpet, but yes. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, your paint is dead on. That's dead on. Thank you. You need a job. <laughs> uh, aerospace, I might. <laughs> right, we'll wrap that up there and we'll move on to our guest for today. Yes, indeed. As said previously, we have a special guest in today and that is Paintworks guru, Mr. Pete Matthews. Welcome along. Hello, thanks for having me. So, uh, do you want to introduce yourself, who you are? So, my name is Peter Matthews. I own a paint shop in Bangor called Paintworks and I... Paint cars. Paint cars, yeah. <laughs> paint cars, do I stupid throw shit. Paints, like, throw paint the cars and sort of build stupid things now and again. So, so if you've been in the VW scene in the last 10 years, you've probably seen one of Pete's builds or a car painted by Pete. In yeah, I've done many as a car probably for dub shedding in yeah. recent years and stuff like You always like to try and build a car for dub shed, really? I like to try and do one a year if I can, like, you know, but this year it just doesn't really happen, like. Damn COVID. You know, COVID just sniped in there. Oh, you, just, you let me know your plans and I was excited to see the them. The plan would have been good, obviously, for the golf and stuff, yeah. like, but it just didn't materialise, you know, but sure. Next yeah. year. It's always three years away. So we'll take things back. You're from Bangor originally, isn't that right? Uh, well, sort of. Um, originally from Ballyhalbert. Um, oh, you're a lowland man, are you? Well, back then, yeah, like my mum's from Lanville Valley, my dad was from Belfast, and don't know how they ended up down there, but they did, you know. But uh, yeah, so we lived there, and then we actually had to move away because um, I have a disabled brother, and he had an accident down there and stuff, so we moved up to Bangor for a better house for him and stuff, so we are in Cranley Road there for a bit, and then, yeah, so we've been Bangor for the last, since 1992, I think, yeah. You're a true so, Bangor man. Yeah. Fairly true banger, man. Yeah, I have to say, I'm encumbered a minute. And I just, different, uh, different world. It is a different world, you know. <laughs> Slower pace of life. It's it's just strange because there's like one half, it's like very hipstery and then the other half's complete Hallions and then there's, you know, there's, there's such a <laughs> mix of The Hallion ratio has started to rise in yeah, recent years. Yes, it has. because of social like, housing. Blessing uh, across, is. Yes, and that main road in there now. Like. Yeah. We had actually helicopters or helicopter land at that new development. Oh, really? In July because there was a pitch battle riot in one of the streets. Is it weird that I don't, about that I don't find that strange? Because where I grew up, uh-huh. helicopters were overhead like every day. <laughs> <laughs> you go out and there's like a helicopter up and you go, I wonder where he's going today. And you just kind of look about. Uh, it's not, it's legal even from like where yeah. we live now in the country, it's fairly quiet, but mm-hmm. you can still kind of see where I grew up. Yes. And there's helicopters still overhead all the time. I well, grew up in Lisburn and obviously there's army barracks in the middle of Lisburn. So mm. oh, helicopters I couldn't tell you the last time I saw Chinook. But like oh. when I was growing up, you saw Chinooks every day. Our mm. farm was in the flight path between Lisburn yeah. and Hollywood. Chinooks and gazelles. I always loved the, the sound of the Chinooks. Uh, cool. Cool. Like, we're, we're getting a bit away from uh, the subject. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so, you grew up in Bangor. Yes. Um, did you, in your teenage years, be obsessed with cars or not? Not so much, I'll be honest. Like, I 
all has been brought up with motorbikes because of my uncle my, my, and my cousin. So my uncle is Billy Nutt, owns Nutt Travel. Ah. Big, big cheeky plug there. Didn't know um, So basically I brought up in like the Northwest 200 and stuff. And then my cousin Marty, he raced. Um, he retired there about five years ago. So he did. But um, yeah, so it was brought up around bikes originally. But the car thing really probably came from my dad. He would have been very like me. He always sort of modified whatever he had back in the day. He had like, you probably never heard of one, but it's called the Gil- Gilburn Genie. Gilburn Genie. Um, and he like repainted the thing from top to toe and stuff. On, on, I had, obviously, I was young. I was fairly young and don't even remember the car really. Like, But, you know, I'd say that's where my sort of love for cars is sort of stemmed from. Like, um, But initially it was motorbikes. And then I think I was when I turned 17, essentially. And then I was like, right. Get a car, get, get cars, get bitches, and get the girls. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> that is literally how it happened. Like you know, and so, then yeah, motorbikes were forgot about for a few years, Partic- particularly on Bangor. If you're if you're not from Northern Ireland, Bangor is well, especially twenty years ago. Bangor was the yeah, headquarter of cruises. Like like I passed I passed my test in two thousand five. I think I, I feel old. I, I'm ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a late bloomer, like to be fair, because I, I started doing my, my lessons when I was 17 and then uh, I got the feeling that the driving instructor was just trying to rinse money out of me because every time I said to him, I was like, right, can I book my test here? Oh, no, we'll do another couple of tests here. Did he yeah. miss the gear stick and rub your leg a lot? Well, <laughs> funny you should say that because... Oh, my goodness, I've opened my door's box. <laughs> so I always thought he was a bit creepy anyway. And then... What have I course, said? <laughs> my sister then uh, had to use him whenever she started driving. Oh, dear. And she had to stop using him because of the creepiness. Oh, so there you go. Similarly. And then I, I don't know where I ever, he ever went to, like, but he doesn't do it anymore. Jail. Though. Probably jail. jail. Yeah. Hard jail. He maybe, he maybe done the wrong person and end up dead. He yep. was, like, it was, like, I did my test. Like, bear in mind, I did my test in 2005. I did it on an EF Civic, you know, like the boxy shape. Oh, an EF Civic? Yeah. And you maybe remember wow. the cars you used to say, have a nice day in the back window. No, so that's we white creepy. EF Civics and they were like, Class. It, it was the most geeky car as well. Like everybody's like doing their testing, like Cleo's, McGann's, whatever. And I'm in this like, 80s flipping EF Civic. <laughs> I felt so scundered driving about it. Like, I actually don't know. mind an, an EP Civic, a petrol one, which is strange for a learner car. But yeah. an EF definitely tops that. Like. Yeah, he Cleo. had two EFs I had and I think he bought them new and, and he just kept them. using them. So he does. He's having a... Pay all those solicitors off. <laughs> for, all the, car. for all the sex harassment charges. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, he never, he never touched mine, you know. You offended by that way? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like, here, get your hand on that knee, boy. That's <laughs> it. So, you've got your test. What are you driving? Uh, well, my first car that I bought for myself was a uh, Renault Clio Extreme 1.2 16-valve. What does the Extreme mean? So basically, yeah, essentially. (laughs) So they put these extreme stickers on, and me going in. Well, essentially, there was a choice between three cars. Initially, I wanted to buy uh, original Mini Mm -hmm. and build it up and do my. So I had saved money. I said I got two two and a half grand or three grand or something at the time. Baller, and uh, saved it up, and I had every penny. But sort of, I was like, right, thousand pound for the car because you could have bought a Mini for a thousand pound back in, and I was like, right. You know, wheels, arches, flipping lights and stuff, and suspension. So I had it all worked out in my head how to do it. And then I was Nothing like, "What's this change, Pete?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I said to my, I said to my mum, "I was like, right, I'm going to look at this money." And she's like, "What money?" And I was like, "Well, I'm going to look at an old money." And she's like, "What year is it?" And I was like, "I think it was like an '80s one." 
says, nah, nah, we're going on the, it was David Prentice at the time. Um, I know it had just changed the Charles Hurst round. So it had from David Prentice. And uh, my mum and dad round people for years. And they knew a fell down there called Ted Boyd and always looked after my mum and dad. So of course we had to go down and see him. And she just brainwashed me. And next thing I came out with a brand new Cleo, financed over three years, oh, couldn't nice. afford the thing, <laughs> you know, two and a half thousand pound in insurance. I was like, what the hell oh, happened? Flip me. <laughs> what wasn't you know? the life son? But that's it. But it was only a car I could get insured on because I had I went to see this was back when Rover still had a dealership. So <laughs> the MGZR. Yes. F one point four. And then the other one was the Honda Civic Sport, I think it was. Okay. Sixteen hundred maybe. Um, just couldn't get insurance on them. So the Clio was the only one I could get insured on. So I ended up with that. Managed to actually wangle a set of, uh, at the time, they were a multi-spoke with a chrome dish Ooh. from the dealership. What? Was that, they used to do this. So whenever my dad went in, mm-hmm. um, my dad never liked the standard wheels on a car. So he'd be like, right, go on, sort us out with something here. So basically they, they say, go pick a set of wheels from whatever brand or whatever it is. And they'll sort it. We'll sort it and put it on top of the finance agreement. Um, so I did the same thing. So I went to Carmania of the, the yes, time, back do. in Ards there, yeah. and went in there and I got a set of, they were called a set of Outlaw Katanas, and I thought I was the boy with these things. Like, and at the time, I think they were 800 quid mm. new, and then tires and top of it, so about £1,000. And whenever I got the car, I was like, oh, there's some wheels. I'm like, ah, £1,000 now or at all? You know, I was really it, bumming and blowing about it. Like, let everybody know. <laughs> I like, like nowadays, it's like, that's nothing, like, you know, no. but... You pay twice that to buy a set of wheels to refurbish. It. And, like, yeah. they weren't even good wheels. Like, you know, I bashed them off everything and... They got what they deserved. Is that it? No. no. Um, they were a really random brand, to be fair. They were, like, a multi-spoke. They remind you of a... Sort of, like, a Team Dynamics, but with a chrome dish. Sounds weird. It was odd. Like, Halfords did a, a spec of them as well. I think they were called RS or something in oh, Halfords. Oh, right, um, You'll have seen the wheels. Um, Full... So I had, that's how I got the car, these wheels on it, standard height, raking about Banger Car Park. Um, and I think within, so I got the car in July of 05. And I think by September, I'd already crashed it. <laughs> because, of course, I thought I was the handbrake king uh, down at Picky Car Park. It is so the Cleo Extreme after all. Well, exactly. You crashed yeah. it in Picky? I crashed in Picky Car Park. Is that what the swans are? No, uh, yes, I oh. don't know. Yes, so um, first ones, you know where you have you go in and then you've the the roundabout at the the top end of it. Yeah, so that roundabout's made out of railway sleepers. Okay, and you know this, yeah? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I, I do. I don't. <laughs> and uh, we, I always, I I was always for down for coming down, handbrake and raking about, getting on. And this night we came down. It was like a cheesy night or something. And BBC were down doing a, something for. News night. I don't know what it was. I think it was something to do. You know, way. <laughs> Jeremy Franklin looked over his shoulder. There's a there's a cube stacked in there. Right <laughs> so basically, they were. I think they were doing it on you know Queen's Parade. There, you know, way that's been derelict for many a year. <laughs> so I think they were uh, they were filming something to do with that. And I was like, here, boys, the cameras right there. Let's come go get my show here. So I fucking flies down to this roundabout, whips a handbrake up, did a lap around about, and then I kept going round, and then whatever it did. I let go of the handbrake, so it locked on, and he just fired me round, hit the sleepers, went up in two wheels, nearly rolled the car, and then slammed back down onto a post. Oh, nice. So one of those light posts were sitting there, and it was just in my door, so it was. 
And then I had to do the walk of shame, downing up the car park. I was like, can someone give me a push off this right away? <laughs> so yeah, pretty scundered. And then, uh, of course, I had to do them. And did it end up on the babe? <laughs> it didn't. I don't know. That's going to be in YouTube diapers somewhere. It's going to be somewhere. <laughs> I don't like the film it now, but uh, so I then had to go home and make up a bullshit story from my parents. And I brought it home. I was like, uh, Mom, I've, I've had the car. And uh, she's like, oh, Swan what do you mean you hit the my... car? I was like, I was, I, was, I was coming in too close to one of the, the parking spaces and there was a post and I, I just got wedged against it. My dad came out, you're a bloody heartbreaker to <laughs> 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 He needs to do it. I was like, oh, Jesus. So, uh, yeah. So that was my, like, within four months of owning the car, I had done that, like. And then I drove around. Anybody who knows who from back then, I think I was about two years. Couldn't even afford to fix the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I... I I just started an apprenticeship in a body shop as well. Like, is when you learned to paint. <laughs> so I had to learn on my own car, so I did. But uh, yeah, it took me about two years to actually get it fixed, and it was fixed by apprentices out of uh, Blackwater House at the time. So a great uh, job. It, it did the job, you know, basically because like the sill was in. It must have been in about half a foot. That must have hurt to keep driving that, knowing. Yeah, you go out and everyone oh. You aren't going to forget that in a hurry. No, no. I like, I actually, I proceeded to modify around it. <laughs> so, as well. so, I like lowered the car and it kind of like he's all on it and stuff. And then, I, like, just ignoring it. Yeah, just ignoring it. I was like, ah, it's fine. I was driving around for a year. Bro, just no, squint your eyes. Uh, like, <laughs> driving around for like a year with no door card on it. And this is why, because like, I didn't even take a car in for its first service or anything. Because I was like, I can't take this car back. Did the car of it? So, I just, I, you know, that car got its first service. 28,000 miles. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> got its first service. And I think by 32,000, done the diff in. So it did. Oh, was it on? Yeah. I just had a, hard, a hard time on a car. Like. And uh, yeah. But it was, it was a learning curve having something like that. But How long did you have that? I had that. So I, I actually bought that off. the. I paid the end payment. I, so I think it was necessarily three years. On the finance, and then I paid the end payment. I had it for five years, maybe. But it, it, it served lay, well. It served me well, but it, like the last year, it lay up in my mum's house because I had. This is when I started getting into the sort of Volkswagens and stuff. So I think I bought my Mark One Caddy at that point, and then, yeah, well, it's hard. There's that many cars now. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it back. I was like, there was more than that. But, I get that occasionally. People you know, go, "Oh, do you remember that car you had?" And you went, "Oh, what, 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 what? You go, oh that's right." Uh, yeah. So. I think I got my Mark 1 Cali at that point. I was 21. And then that's... Or no. I got the Mark 1 Cali and then I bought a 106 GTI as well. So the 106 GTI was my new car. So the Clio got parked. The 106 so the... GTI? Yes. What color? Was that the one it was painted? cherry red. Um, that's a nice color on them. One owner car. I bought it off an old fella. He had it from new. Um, there was 28,000 on it when I got it. And it had 13 services. From you. Oh, well looked after them. Um, More than the Clio. Oh, very much so. <laughs> um, I think it even had like two timing belts. It, it was just, it was a proper wee car, you know, completely immaculate, sort of standard and everything. And then I got it and rear beam down, you know, had a set of uh, Smith Modern Lines, which Ooh, were nice purple at the time. Yeah, like. Perfect. Um, I had a set then, of them uh, the Mark II, so I did. Yeah, I like them. Or... Yes, lovely way. Like, I, I would love to have another set, actually. Um, and then there was a Mongus exhaust system on that. But it didn't didn't have it very long because I I seen the profit on the car, so I bought it. I think it was in around two and a half grand, 
and then I sold it for over four. Nice. So it did about three or four months later, and then I think the wee lad wrote it off. It was a boy who came from England actually to bat, and he was like eighteen. Oh yeah. And did you just tell? Did he phone you up after he crashed? And went, do you have another one of them? <laughs> <laughs> actually, I had a boy from England try to buy the reds off. It was M E Z seven three three zero. I don't it mean nothing to no, me. Like it meant something to him, but yeah. not yeah. But uh, obviously it was re raised because that wouldn't have been the original edge of yeah. the car. I think no. there was a cherished reds on it whenever the guy owned it. So you you had a Clio, then you had a 106, and you just we sort of skipped a word, but you had a Mark One Caddy. So bought a Mark One Caddy, um, went to England to get that. It was fairly standard. I think it was lowered on a set of ATS Classics. Is that the one you had up until a few years ago? Or is that a different no, one? so I've had a couple now. So... That was the first one, and that was me trying to really get into really building cars. Uh-huh. Um, didn't have a whole pile of money, um, so I was sort of just going about it systematically and sort of working on it. So like the bed was getting dressed one time, and it was buying parts, so new wings, of course, because we were rotten. Um, I think I bought suspension for it, uh, loads of bits and pieces I bought for it, and then it was parked up at at the time. You probably all know Weebles. Yep. yep. Um, his body shop at the time, I think it was called TSD, um, parked up in, so essentially my yard. And there was another customer's car there, and that says name. It was an M346, and it was burnt out beside my Cali. My Cali cut off the M3, so that gutted my Cali. Lovely. Um, it actually happened on my birthday. Oh, so it did. happy birthday indeed. Blow the candles out. That sort of... Blow the Cali out. The, the Cali was sort of a... It was a building between other stuff, so... Because uh, at that point I had the Jetta. I remember the Jetta. Remember. That was the so, first car I remember yours. Yeah, so I had it red, and it, whenever the 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 Cali got burnt out, the Jetta I had just painted uh, the teal green, yeah, the Porsche mint green for Fintna back in the day. Actually, That's where I remember first seeing. I remember you had the Nova there at Fintna. Yes, mm-hmm. I do remember. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I had the Jetta at the time, and then I remember we was for me on my birthday and I was like oh he just wished me happy birthday and I was like what's happening and he was like uh, you might want to come up the yard here and bear in mind I live like two minutes from the yard well I did at the time and uh, so I blasted on up drove in I just seen the M3 and he noticed the Cali and I was just like oh fuck and then we both just sort of pointed in the Cali direction and I was just like and then my heart just sunk and I was just like you bastard of all the days flipping birthday like yeah. you know so that's sort of yeah. worst case like worst nightmare scenario yeah. like. and of course book value and the thing was nothing. nothing I think I got 600 quid for it you know but I at the time I think I was three three and a half in parts oh. and everything you yeah. know now I managed to sell some of the parts but I think over the head of it I lost about 1500 quid you know, plus all your time and effort into yeah, it like that's the killer that's it, like, you don't get back and because there was no saving it like it was all buckled and from the heat and stuff and yeah. it was just it was gone like I'd never buried no never never um, and then yeah I had the, the Jetta for a few years so you um, had a Mark 1 Caddy and a Jetta so mm-hmm. where's this German stroke VW influence stem from initially Probably seeing all these cool guys at shows. I was gonna say, probably, <laughs> well, my sort of Castlewell would been in his early years then. No, well, well, I say well, probably what got me into the car scene, and then because I met you before I even knew who you were. I you, remember seeing your Jetta and going, "That's cool as hell." You came to my house one night in your three two five. Look at money. No, he uh, you bought a mini moto off me or something. It's still up the farm. Yes, that's, that, that was a long time ago. That was a long. That must be twelve years ago, like that's before um, I met you. And 
I I'd I never forget it because I bought yes I bought RMs I threw it out in the back of the car you did because I remember putting it in I was like this boy is ugly <laughs> you know a yeah, 5 i sport like and I was just like whatever you know and I remember you came down I didn't know who you were I had no idea that you were Mr. G10i right so <laughs> I, I think a funny feeling I had the caddy in the garage at that time I probably would have sniffed around it then if I yeah, knew yeah and I had a set of RMs lying by the door and I bought these RMs. I paid far too much money for them. I think I paid like something stupid, like a thousand pounds for them. And at the time, they were like six hundred sort of thing. If I, if even you know, when you came in, I was like, ah, those wheels are a thousand pounds are, and you probably just thought you're an absolute mug <laughs> paying a thousand pounds for them because they weren't even like blingy bling. They were just a set of standard RMs, like. But at the time, I didn't know any better. No, I didn't. I probably had RMs on the sport when I caught, pulled up to you. Though. You could well it on the. I was running. Eight inch wide RMs in that on the E thirty on super low suspension. Yeah, um, but I bought, I I got the RMs actually from I think I got them from Germany because I couldn't find any. I didn't have a whole pile of money either. Like I couldn't afford RSs or anything like. But yeah, just I always remember that first encounter and then find out who you were. Then a, a few months later, I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, I made an absolute dick of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but I say what got me into the sort of car scene side of things is. Uh, the likes of Ryan McAmel and Richard McMurray and stuff. Yeah. Because they were, at the time, building cars and they were... So I've sort of... It's... Obviously, you know yourself, it's sort of transferred in, like, two different car scenes, in my opinion. So they were, like, the OG early 2000s sort of car scene guys. And uh, I started... I think I got friendly with the Max E3 Weebles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started doing shows. Then Fintan was, like, the main one. That's right. Going there and we would have stayed over and all. There was a wee college we just stayed over there and stuff. And after doing that for a couple of years, I think then I was like, I need to do this. I need to start building cars. So the Jetta was my first sort of build as such, but it wasn't even a build. Like I bought that Jetta from Balmoney. It came with a four inch Jap can. Of course. And it was, I didn't realize at the time, but the air filter was that block we oil from the... <laughs> It would have been the return, uh, you know, the the breather. Oh yeah, the PCV. Firing um, oil back. It was a wee sixteen hundred Peterberg. Um, and driving it home from Balamoni, the thing quit on me, like coming down the road. And I was like, "What the hell's wrong with this thing?" Let it sit for fifteen minutes. Where you go again? So basically, what it was doing, it was just starving itself of air and then flooding itself. Yeah. So it was, and I didn't realize it at the time. And I, like, I drove the work every morning in that car with this thing flooding quite often, like. Going over the Arch Carriageway, it would have just quit on me. And I'd like, Stevie, can you come and get me here? This this thing just quit on me again. That happened so, so frequently. And then I realized, I just, I was like, I need to sort this and open up the airbox. And like, literally, you could have wrung the oil filter out. No, the air oh, filter. The air fil- well, it was an oil filter. With, that it, was an, uh, it was an oil filter. <laughs> and then after that, it flipping revved its nuts off, but it was a smoky old bastard. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so long story short, I think Fintner was coming up. And it was still red at this point. I think I took it to dub, the first dub shed. Right. And it was red. And I had bought the RSs off. I think they came from Gethin, actually. RSs? Yeah. RSs with... That's unusual for Gethin to have RSs. I wouldn't like slips and stuff. Um, beautiful set of wheels at the time. Like, they went on a few cars, obviously. They ended up in the MX-5. But we'll That's right, yeah. that. But, um, yeah, so... I think it was about... The week before, so I think it would have been on the Saturday. And I decided on... The Tuesday or the Wednesday? Ah, it was the Tuesday. I was like, bugger, I'm going to paint the car. And I just, I was working at Braden's at the time. And I just looked about the workshop and we were doing a, a Porsche Cayenne 
for what did he call him? Owen Carnosier. Gilbert. Gilbert. At the time. Because um, we'd already done his 911 Turbo in the mint green. And I just seen it and I was like, that looks like an easy color. Mm-hmm. I phoned up uh, Gary Kidd and I was like, much for five liters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, whatever, X amount of pounds. I was like, right, give us it. So sealed down the weevils on the Wednesday, started prepping it. It was prepped on the Wednesday, painted it on the Thursday, finished on the Friday, and then the show on the Saturday. You work like Lee and I work. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, uh, <clears throat> it was the best feeling ever because everybody, anybody I knew already sort of knew the car in the red and then I just rolled in with the green it was uh, your man you know Gar Smiten ah uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he just he just like his face just dropped and there was another girl you probably remember Emma Donnelly yeah she was just like look at us here and I was like alright it's just right <laughs> on in, like you know but I love that like so that was my first sort of show car as such like that would have been the early years of Dubshed I'm sure that would have been that could have been 2009 the, 10 I don't think it actually went to Dubshed when it was green yeah. I think I started building it again because so I basically did it green. And then I, I think a year later, I then did a 16 valve conversion on it from a Mark II, an oak green Mark II, would you believe? Which probably sacrilege breaking that car. But <laughs> Derek Cheshire will not be amused. Yeah. Um, so I got a, did a conversion on it. Did it myself with Ram McAmel, actually, um, at the time. So I was a learning curve too, like, because I'd never done one before and metering heads. What a complete bollocks. <laughs> yeah, carbs. Yeah, for carbs. I just like, what the hell? I, I think I put like three meter heads in the car before it went. And yeah, look, it was sort of a rushed sort of engine conversion. And sort of, yeah, like it was done in a few weeks as opposed to probably should have spent a few months doing it really because I was trying to make it nice. Yeah. Painted it and all and all that carry on. And whatever had happened, I think one of the, it was, it was one of the back engine mounts broke. And then I was taking it to addition and driving it over. I started hearing this knock started happening. I was like, this fucking engine's going like, because there was a oil presser light mm-hmm. constantly on the dashboard. And I was like, this thing doesn't have fucking oil presser. I was like, bugger, drive it on. So I was dead on, got the addition. It was really knocking at that point. I was like, oh, bugger. I was like, we're going to have to take it easy to get back to the boat. So at the Liverpool boat, got back there. And Matt McGowan at the time, he was like, mate, that thing's had it like you're going to have to get an engine in this and at that point I didn't know a whole pile about them so we ended up getting got it home and got another engine from you probably know him he's out in St. Phil direction I actually bought two um, it was your man you remember Marty does the auto electrics oh yeah he bought one as well for his Sirocco at the time and so anyway so I was like right didn't have a workshop to do the engine oh I had to change the engine obviously so got it back to my house and then did the change the engine in the driveway. And it was only when I was pulling the old engine out, I seen what had actually happened. So the back engine might have broke and the face of the manifold was coming away from the engine. So it was blowing out oh, at the yeah. manifold. But I was still like, nah, nah, that engine's not. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, at this point I was like, You're the engine's convinced. coming out. I'm putting the new one in. But see, when the new one was in, it wasn't half the engine. Oh, really? But the old one. Yeah, the, the first one was like a really fresh. Like Good I was, engine. honestly, like I, DC2 Integra's, no so it was yeah honestly like, cool. you know so it was quite an impressive car at the time um, and then when I put that second engine in it just wasn't the same car at all really your, for you? your heart was going on yeah. a wee bit and then I better shelled it I was going to do a, a VR we're going to do like a fresh VR build we're going to just rebuild a nice normal VR engine um, and then get talked into turbo in it um, so I started buying loads of bits and 
had actually then I thought right the green's not going to work I want this to be essentially what TJ did but his yeah something is kind of what I was trying to do with mine at the time so I took it back to bare metal and resprayed it I made the color it was like a dark gray resprayed the shell um parked at my garage like it was a the best paint job I'd done to to do it anyway because I wasn't really back then I wasn't a great painter uh-huh. you know so um, done that got it back to the house and then things just didn't materialise you know I was just promised a lot of things things didn't happen and then I just threw a head up and texted my mate and I was like do you want this car and I think I sold the car the car itself for 500 quid well fresh paint job and well fresh shells. paint job yeah <laughs> uh, don't tell me things sweet like as well <laughs> Um, funny story actually I was offered it back about two years ago a fella I think he's actually doing one of these competition pages now um, and it's still in the country it's still in the country um, this boy it's a small bumper Mark II I think it was it's like a grey blue is it the we call that it's like a grey blue it's Helios. like a, it's like a uh, yes oh, yeah. um, blue Mark II and I think I did a sell on it and then we got chatting obviously and then he's like oh have this Mark II or Mark II jet at the house and I was like right okay I was like, what's the crack? Are you selling it? Sort of, I would always have another one. Like, and uh, he showed me some pictures. And so when I had sold it, sold it to this fella, and do you know Dean Anderson? Yep. He had painted the bay on it, okay. ST Orange. Right. It was a father and son build. The son obviously wanted orange. Fair enough, whatever. Um, wouldn't mean in my taste now, but uh, it then obviously got sold on, disappeared for a while, and then this boy with the Mark II owned it. So he said to me he's like yeah do you want, do you want to buy it and he showed me pictures I was like ha I just laughed at it. I was like mate I painted that car about <laughs> flipping 10 years ago so I did and I, I thought it got scrapped I was like I tell you better not I put the chassis plate for it in my bloody bedroom <laughs> so like, I, I drilled the rivets yeah. I, I, I do still have it if, if, if he needs it, it you know get in touch you know we'll come so, to arrangement yeah so I just sort of threw the head up that car drove, drove a little rubbish for a couple of years and then got the MX5. Went to the dark side. Went to the Did dark you side. Mag- Did you get a magazine feature with the Jetta? No. No, never. Really. My first feature was with the MX5. Was it? So it was, yeah. Um, so got the MX5. Actually, I had a X Police Vector at the time and swapped it for this MX5. And I thought, this is an amazing deal. Yeah, the boy <laughs> swapped me the MX5 for like a clapped out Vector, like. And uh, got it up in a ramp. <laughs> well, took it down there. I, I test drove it. It was for sale in Bangor, and I test drove it around his like cul-de-sac. I was like, oh, yeah, it's grand. And like, I heard the water slushing up and down the, <laughs> the, sills. the, the sills and stuff. And <laughs> didn't think anything of it. So that was grand. Didn't even get the car home, quit on me. And I was like, what the hell's wrong with this? It was like the same story with the Jetta. And yeah, couldn't figure out what it was. Googled. It was all saying like, you know, coil packs and spark plugs, plug leads. So I tried it all. Multiple plug leads in it. Couldn't get it sorted. Basically, what it was doing, it was doing the exact same thing. It was flooding itself mm-hmm. and changing cam position sensors, everything. They're, not, ju- they're, they're just the 1616 valve. 1616. Very, um, very simple engine, yeah. yeah. And they do have like an OBD port, but. <laughs> it's very basic. Yeah, you stick an LED in. Uh-huh, it and then it flashes so many times, and then that tells <laughs> you what's wrong with the car and all, and all this stuff. So I couldn't even figure that out. Um, so I was just going off Google and never forget it. I spent about two months, all these different parts, and the, the car still wasn't right. And I think at the time, my mum and dad were away somewhere. I was sitting in the house, 
I just googled. I was like, "Bugger!" You know, misfire issue. I just went through the Google, and uh, Billy Brooks brought up this ad for an eBay ad, and it was uh, a water temperature sensor. And I like, clicked on this, and then in the description, it was like, "Does your car have these issues?" And it listed every single one of the issues. I was like, "There's no way." Cotton by that twelve pound sensor. It's like no way. Call it, put it in, boom. Never missed a beat after. Sickner. So, LZ, your man thought he'd sold me a lemon. Um, it wasn't a bad wee car. I so I, It was like a pearl. It was supposed to be a silver car. Somebody had done a rash respray on it with like a pearl blue, blue over the top of the silver. It was, nah, it wasn't great. Um, and I'll, I'm ashamed to say I actually put a set of replica RSs on it. So it did at the time. I thought what? you had real RSs in that at one point. I did. Uh, afterwards. Yes. Uh, I realised my, my friend I, I didn't have them the on very long. Did a show works at the time, did a photo shoot on it. Um, and then I think there was, what did you call the show works show? Show works live, was it? In Down the, in the seafront. Yes. Um, it was coming up. It was the so Bicaldi weekend or something. Yes. Like so again, I was like, right. Let's flip and last this car and get it into the show. So at that point, I, the Stancy thing wasn't, it was fairly new to me. And it was low on the, the, the fake RSs, but it wasn't, there was no fitness or anything. Yeah. So the other RSs were the ones that I originally bought for Mark Wankati. It got burnt out. They ended up on the Jetta. Then, of course, broke the Jetta, sold it. So I had wheels sitting there. And I wasn't going to put them on because I was going to get, I think I was going to get another Mark Wankati or something. Oh, you didn't want to run them on that? Yeah. So I was like, nah, nah, they're, they're for that build. And then I was like, you know what, buggered, split them and color-coded the centers and did it the, the sky blue color. Um, actually made a carbon fiber garage very lip for that car as well on my own. I would not wish carbon fiber on anybody. <laughs> yeah. So resin carrying on and all. Lee and I first attempted it at our kitchen table one night. Absolutely blocked. Well drunk. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember you going to the, the Nova Mirrors and and you always put them all at the show because they were just like the clip on right or something. No, I'll never forget that because <laughs> yeah. it was at Daft Eddie's. That's right, yeah. One year, that show? yeah. And that's right. I took the, the jet and the tally tubby yeah. under the car. <laughs> that's right. Like it ran over. Um Yeah, carbon's not the best thing to work fun. with. Like you know, so anybody works with carbon fiber. Fair play to them. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's a skill like Definitely, no, it's but, not an um, amateur's game, put it no, that way. No, <laughs> It's just, it's the time it takes. You yeah. know, you're waiting days for, like, resin to dry and yeah. all, and I just, it's I, I don't have the patience for it. Like. It's something you need to do kind of in between other jobs, you yeah. know, but yeah. you need to keep an eye on it too. It's it's weird. That's it. Um. So, yeah, built that car. Um. It was on a set of, at the time, I think they were just eBay coilovers, and I slammed it to the ground. The wheels sort of fitted, and at the the front they were dead on the top tip it but at the back they were just sitting on the arches yeah. so I then sort of rolled the arches and then there was no real back then you couldn't really buy camber kits or anything for MX-5s well if you did they were like a thousand pound yeah not like so they're available I, now what I actually did was the control arms at the rear I actually elongated the holes to then get camber yep. and move it in so that's how I got around that but I thought it was sweet and then got down to the show and the tire was all up the the back of the car I actually rolled into the show and Rocco actually literally picked a bit of rubber off and handed me into the car and I was just like what am I going to do that he's like you can't leave it here <laughs> so uh, yeah I rolled in that show with a flipping rubber all up the side of the car and, Pete has arrived yeah and that's sort of a lot of people remember that car because that was my first sort of that was probably one of the first real stancy cars yeah. in Northern Ireland yeah I was got the best stance at that show actually yeah. on that day but um, but yeah so that was my first sort of 
stancy car mm-hmm. so it was um had it for a couple of years and then yeah ended up working for marty stewart at the time and ended up selling it to him he painted it it was a seat gray very like nardo but dark darker okay and there was a pearl in it painted it that color and then of course marty it's got sure. sold yeah. five minutes later never seen it again don't know what ever happened to yeah. it but, you know could have just rattled away like but and then went back to the Cleo's, had the white Cleo at that point. That's right. Um, like a track sort of style, wasn't it? Sorry, I had the Cleo before I worked for Marky, because I painted it in Braden's. So I did, so I prepped it at the house, two days prepping at the house, in the Braden's, lasted, I'm pretty sure it's transit white. Because I've seen <laughs> that car has been advertised <laughs> countless times. It's been advertised as championship white. It's yeah. been advertised as round white. It's just like, nah, I, I feel like like taxing boys saying, just like, no, that's transit white. Ford frozen <laughs> you know, white. It is. Uh, that's exactly what it was because it didn't want like a like a creamy white. It you wanted want a, a really white, white white. So it did that with a couple of motives on it. Um, it was a fairly cheap build. Like Was that a 182 or 172? 172, yeah. Um, did the old RS tuner mod on her at the yep. time. I, I'm pretty sure I had pops and bangs before it was cool. Oh, it so wasn't it even was... cool then, don't worry. <laughs> I just thought it was class. Oh, I flipped them out of fields I drove past and cows legging it up the fields and, and banging beside them. Like, you know? <laughs> like the it was, um, but the performance clears, the 172, the 182, the 197, 197 they're yeah. all great. Great cars. They're the 197s are a wee bit heavy. So they are, so like the, the one you want is really a 182, yeah. you know, um, but obviously I could only I actually swapped my Berlingo van at the time for this 172 off my mate it came with a big a very similar dent in the door <laughs> that my original Cleo had right um, hero. so I had to put door on it and that's why I decided I'll oh, put a door on it just re-spread you know so I did that threw a load of carbon fibre bits at it um, ended up swapping that for a Mark 1 TT not the Mark 1 TT but a, different one. a silver one which I stupidly I actually bought a set of Porsche Twists of Toner at the time. He had That's them on right. his red Mark IV. I love those, like a textured center yeah, on them. Yeah, like a, like a Teflon. It was lovely, like lovely finish on it. I would still love to have them. Yeah, they were, were a cracking set of wheels. I think that car sat near Lee's car at Dubshed one year with the, the Vento, with the six stud wheels on it. Yes. Uh, um, I don't know if it was you, you had them or if when Toner had them. I just remember always I the wheels being there. a car to show. I had, I had it at one show with them, but it was that. It wasn't Dubshed. It must have been Toner had them then. Um, but th- th- to be fair, the earlier dub shed, I always tried to build something, and then I think I actually texted you one year because the only thing I had there was the MX5. I was like, could I stick my MX5 into your show? And you were like, Are you part of the club? I was like, nah, not really. Ah, <laughs> Pete, Pete Matthews Club. <laughs> I <don't> remember. <laughs> I was just like, come on, I've nothing else, you know. But no, I never got to take it now. But um, yeah, so obviously Cleo got the Mark One TT silver car. A load of miles on it, I think it was like 150 KL or something. Um, all right, car. I, do, I do really don't think that the Haldex or anything worked on it, but <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, put these Porsche twists on it, and uh, it had coilovers and um, with helper springs. I'm pretty sure it was a photo of my Instagram with Tom cutting them out. Okay, so it was, I thought, yeah, Tom's a mechanic, he'll know how to do this. <laughs> Jesus, grinder, <laughs> it was it just cut out helper springs. He's just don't do it. Don't cut springs, kids. Right? I, it's just bad news. I cut springs once from a mate in a Mark II Jetta about, I think we were going to Lurgan Park Rally and he wanted the car lowered and his coilovers hadn't arrived. And he, I was, was like... That, was that back in the day when there was like a car show in the middle of the... Oh yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I need this. When you do something, I was like, I'll cut them for you. So it was a Saturday night and I had half a bottle of Jack Daniels in me ah. and I lifted the grinder, jacked the car up, pulled the wheel off 
and left the strut in and cut the spring while it was still in the car. <laughs> Ping. Have you ever done that? Yeah, that's, that's quite a bang. scary. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> so we're standing like maybe 20 yards back, watching, like standing behind things, and I'm just there with a the grinder, probably Hiding no goggles on. <laughs> half drunk, going, no, this will be fine, there's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> they go off with quite a bang. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. Like, But um, we wouldn't recommend no. uh, cutting springs. Cause let's be honest, coilovers are not expensive. No. even you know Uneven I mean? shit ones still do the job. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're actually not bad now, really. No. Cheap ones, they'll do the job. They're not really as crashy as they once were and stuff. But uh, It's like rap wheels. Rap wheels used to just be made of rubber or made yeah. of Cheese. China. Yeah, they just Whereas now, fell apart. Like, I'm running reps in my A4. Uh-huh. And... I always say to the guys when I'm getting new tires on, uh, straight, like? straight, perfect. Yeah, and they've been running them for two years over the Northern Ireland roads. To be well, fair, I think with, when it comes to the rapid wheels, tire choice is a big thing. Yeah, for, for keeping them good, you know. Oh, there you go, Pirellis and stuff like. Um, but yeah, because a lot of you know you see all the boys up the country and they're putting these rap wheels on with like no tires on them, and then they're like, oh, these bloody things cracked." I was like, no. "Yeah, mate, because you're running rubber bands, like." Yeah, it's not put- really old saying this, like, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, it's like use your head, you know. And if you do, you sort of have to put up with the fact that that's what you're running. Yeah, you know. That's it. We've all ran stuff here with They're tiny tires, away, but that's what they are. You know, you're yeah. buying a set of nineteen inch whatevers with a set of tires now for what five hundred quid. I knew. Yeah, brand new. <laughs> like the frustrating thing about that is you could get a set of OEM Audi wheels for a few exactly. hundred more. Yeah. yeah, but then you have to go and look for them. Is the problem? Oh, that's effort. That's effort. It's like, oh, Amazon? Oh, yeah, I've got Jeff Bezos all my money here. <laughs> you know, that's that's what it is. It's just handiness. You know, people... Lazy. I've seen it change in recent years. Like, people don't modify the cars the same way. That's yeah. what they don't put the same money in the builds. But so, certain people do, but it's a damn breed, I think. I know. I think you're right there, but I think a lot of that comes down to finance cars as well. That's it. You know, it's it's... They're making it harder for kids to actually get cars initially. You know, all these black boxes in the cars that track your speed and all this. And then pretty much any cars you see now are car parks. They're all financed pretty much Fiestas. Fiestas. And courses. courses and stuff, yeah. you know. Then the other thing is now, if you buy a relatively modern car, you need a degree in electronics to, to, I, do anything to with work it. on it. Yeah. Whereas when I was growing up in the late 90s, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was working on Mark 1 Fiestas. Mark two polos. You needed a Halfords toolkit yeah. to work on it. Yeah, and a multimeter, and that was it. You know, if there's something wrong with it, uh, the carb needs tuned, or mm-hmm. there's a wire off or a bad earth. Now it's name your. You know, it could yeah. be absolutely anything wrong no, with it. Not well, there's the, the Mark two Jetta <clears throat> that I did the sixteen valve conversion, and I did that with one tool set, and it was a Draper Expert, like all in one. Yeah, yeah. Spanners and everything. I did it with that tool set. That's all I needed, and no experience, and yeah, zero experience. You know what I mean. And see when you actually do it, it's really not that daunting. Like it's no. just you, you're just redoing what you did. It's you, not you pull months. it out, you just put it back in the same order. Yeah. You know? No, if you're doing an engine swap on something and it's from like a Mark a III to Mark III or something, yeah. there's anyone could do it. That's it. It's there's just the same amounts and stuff. You know, don't get me wrong. You're going in. You know, if you're putting like twenty valves and stuff, I think you have to do different mounts then. Yeah, you? and then you're in the wire and yeah. stuff. But well, yeah. you can buy it's, a lot. Now, you know, it's limbs all there. Limbs are two hundred quid now to buy off the shelf for yeah. plug and play for conversions. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, but um, I so where are our car ways? There? TT. TT TT Mark One TT. Yes. So I stupidly put a dapper sticker on at the time because I thought that was cool. And <laughs> um, didn't realize what dapper was at the time. At least it wasn't a Van Aken one, Pete. No, it wasn't a Van Aken. <laughs> uh, actually, I put one um, on my customer's car about two years ago. A Van Aken sticker on a. It was an Evo or something. An Evo? Yeah. 
That's really like, evil. I, I never got the. What is Van Aken? Van Aken I think was it a, a diesel tuning company? They were a diesel but tuning company. They don't even company. exist anymore. Do no, no. They, were, they were French. I was going to say, didn't they do Renaults and I stuff? Think they did on, like you know, like your mechanical pump, D turbo type stuff. But like ba- all the guys up the country, yeah, like, back in the Van Aken sticker, oh, but. Mid 2000s, if you've seen a Mark IV, it had a Van Aken sticker in the back yeah. of it. But if you asked them, they didn't know what no, it was either. Don't, you know? Do you know why they have it? Because their neighbour has it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. They've seen some other boy with it and they're like, yep. That's why Paul Moran made so much money and not all eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. been re- replaced now by Grassman stickers. And exactly. Yep. <laughs> the new one, yeah. But uh, yeah, so TT, what are they end up doing with that? Oh, yes. S4, I, no. Well, this is the, the start. So basically, the TT literally just done that car. I think it was on the show on the Sunday. Um, at that, it was the Showworks 400 show. That's right, at yeah. the castle in Bangalore. And, yeah, drove it through the week. No front plate on it. I think it was one of my first cars with no front plate, bar the Jetta. And driving it down the road to the wee garage, drove into the garage. As I was coming out, police drove past me. And the lady just drove up and then pulled into the left. And I have her. Shake it. They're going to pull me in here straight away. So I moves out. He steps out of the car and just waves me over. I go, oh, here I go. So he walks up the car. You've no front plate. You've no wiper blades. you got a stupid sticker in the window. Will it go on? And I just like, Aah! didn't know what to do. So that day, got the car for sale away. Um, ended up swapping it then for the the S4, the first one, um, which was a Merlin Purple car. Very which nice. probably gets sacrilege for... Destroying that because like, you don't see murder purple ones <laughs> anywhere now. That was an Avant. Avant uh, one, yeah. So straight swap that car. End up keeping the Porsche wheels off the the TT, but they were five by hundred, so just I know they weren't. They were adapters. That's right, because they're Porsche wheels, obviously. Oh, right. Normally, <laughs> um, sold them to somebody. I can't even remember. Um, and then I think once I sold them, I bought the water cooled CC tens. That's right, yeah. The, the racist wheels. And yes. The, <laughs> <laughs> the racist guy. Um, Anybody wants to know about that, Google that. <laughs> yes, just Google water cooled wheels and you'll find out. Um yeah, so CC tens and then a set of I'm gonna say pro sport coilovers. They weren't well, they were dear enough because they were for an S4, they weren't two hundred pounds, they were like five hundred quid, but they were the same quality, if you know what I mean. Yep, same thing. Um put them on, ran it static for a bit, went to was it Vag? Down the cork, down in cork. Yep. That's right. Because I remember driving into that show or just before that show. You and Adam and all were pulled in the side of the road. Yes, and I drove past in my twenty-four valve Corrado or maybe white Mark Two. Can't remember. Maybe the white Mark Two. I don't remember the Corrado. Uh, the white um, Mark Two might have been sick. These were st- I think these were staying at a hotel around the corner or something. I think yeah. we all met people there, like Hickman yep. and stuff. Yeah. Um, headed around there and yeah, uh, well, that show it was it was dead on. It was. Not much to write home about, like, but um, I think sorry was, to interrupt, but just it's just popped into my head uh, when you mentioned Hicklin there. Where were we going with Hicklin and his mum had to bring him seat belts? Ultimate dubs. <laughs> oh, his mum had to bring him seat belts. Yeah, that car, <laughs> that car was built the week before he built UD. The, it. Was his ultimate dubs when he was going with a white polo and he yes. had like. Is this the one that had the cage? Yes. The crazy yeah. cage. I was nuts. And he sent his mum to Dublin. Was that inside the car as well. His, his mum drove to get seatbelts and then drove. he drove from like Balamina to Newry and then she met him in Newry or some weird uh-huh. situation <laughs> where to that, give him the seatbelts to put into the car to drive to England. I think we were all sitting in the car park and we were kind of like, what are we waiting on? And somebody said, Hecklin's waiting on his mum bringing his seatbelts. <laughs> 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 <Very> Standard. <laughs> well, that... that, that 
stuff like that doesn't really happen anymore or no. something like you know. It's kind of fun though. Was, just... was that the same trip where I didn't have any wipers? Yeah. Because I forgot to put uh, both my yes. wipers back I've on. Done many a show where no wipers <laughs> and then it rains and you're just like ah. Yeah, we were coming to New York. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Lee hit the wipers to come on and they weren't there. The motor was running. <laughs> <laughs> they were just they were just standing out there. Oh, At that yeah. point, I could picture them in the garage, hung up, freshly painted black. It was like, oh right, oh god, uh, rem- yeah. oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Fuck's sake. But uh, and everybody so- thought I was just trying to be cool and not running wipers, and it wasn't. I just we <laughs> just, just forgot genuinely to forgot to put them back on. <laughs> there was one show I did. I think it was one of the heat waves or something. Uh huh. When the S four was red, oh, was it? It was some southern show anyway, and I remember got the, you know, the M50 bit, but all the mad flipping lanes. Oh, that's crazy. Started pashing down, and literally I couldn't see anything. Like, it was torrential rain, and I was with a friend called Andy, and at the end of it, he was just like, Pete, fair fucking play to you. I don't know <laughs> how the hell you, you made it through that. And I was just like, I don't know how I made it through that. Either, Did he go out and kiss the ground? No. <laughs> no, didn't go that far now, but it, it was anybody who knows me, I'm flipping... Not, it wouldn't be uh, the best sight now, shall we say. Um, I really should have glasses, but I just think I'll look silly in glasses, so that's why I never bothered. You're too cool for glasses. <laughs> but yeah, so I had my bad eyesight, Transal Rain and the wipers. It's a pretty terrifying Good drive. Combo. Like, yeah. But um So the Merlin Purple then, where did you go with it? Merlin Purple, so mine's the it was a fairly tired car when I got it. Paintwork wise, everything to be honest. Um I buffed the hell out of it. And it really did come up nice and well. I loved the purple, but at the time, purple wasn't really cool. Uh-huh. So it wasn't. So I was like, need to change this up. And then that's when I went for the full build on it then. So pretty much facelifted the car because that was a pretty facelift. Um, so that's something that freshens those cars up amazingly. Headlights too, and yeah. stuff, yeah. Headlights and door handles. Didn't do a full facelift on that car. Couldn't, didn't do the doors and handles and stuff. Uh, it's only Anorex would no, notice that anyway, but it did the smooth. So... Took all the side moldings off uh-huh. and then the lower side moldings, which is a big S4 thing. It's sort of, yep. that's how you know one's an S4. So I uh, took them off and then it makes the skirts look wider. Okay. And it, now it doesn't look like an RS4, but the, it looks beefier. It looks beefier, yeah. So it did that. Um, we spread it the Mazda Velocity Red. I love that color. That color was beautiful. Very yeah. sparkly color. Um, what models of Mazda did that come on? RX8s and stuff. I think the Mazda so 6 MPS had it too. Yeah, it would have been the MPS. Um, Mazda 6s would have had it. Because um, remember Ben Emerson, he had one. Yes, that he color, had one that that's color. gorgeous, yeah. Until he got absolutely raped by the Rosers. That's right, and so then she got split very quick. Mm-hmm. He had the Workmeisters in that. He did indeed, yeah. Class Oh, car. I love that car. <laughs> Pretty sure, they don't know how to end up at Titanic Dubs one year. I'm not sure, but maybe actually, yeah. I think it did, yeah. Like I think it very, snuck in somehow. Like a pale goldy bronze centers on them. Yeah. yeah, that thing's class. Gorgeous, so it was. But um, yeah, so did it the Velocity Red. Um, Faced the front on it. Can't remember what else I did. Oh, I interior and stuff. Um, did the pole positions. Uh, got them retrimmed by Baron at the time. And did a couple of yeah, carbon fiber bits. Air ride. It was my first air ride car, actually. Uh-huh. Um, Went with full airlift stuff at the time, very expensive. Well, it's still expensive, but at the time, I think I, I financed that kit actually. So uh-huh. it over a year. I say it's actually a really good way to do it. It's like it was twelve months. I'm pretty sure twelve months interest free. Ah, uh, so it's not it costing anything extra. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, oh, I bothered do that. Um, did that, and then I bought a set of stepped RSs, and you know the guy, but I'm not going to say his name because they were the worst RSs in the country at the time they, they still weren't even great by the time i even sold them off the tt um bought them off this guy 
bottom blind sent it was actually Marky up at the time and to collect them because he was up in Dungannon getting stuff so I sent them up with the cash I think I paid two grand for them something like that um, for the RS's yeah and I think whatever way I'd done it I had a thousand pound left to pay mm-hmm. so I was like right give them cash so sent it up and Marky phoned me he's hey, you sure you want to pay for these wheels and I was like yeah yeah just give them my money I need them because I was like dub sheds in like a month I need these wheels and uh, got them down the road and there was three cracks in one and I think every other wheel had a crack on it. Oh, nice. So it did. Um, one of the dishes was bent. The only good bit was the centers and yeah. even they were re-drilled badly. So they were. And even not that, if you want, say, you know you're going to upsize them anyway, but you can still sell those parts on, you know, and that yeah. makes some of your money, but in that case, it's a so no-go. random with the slant dishes on the S4, obviously. Um, managed to get, I got them welded and stuff. They were okay. Um, got it to then Dubshed and yeah, it was like its first show and that was me with the S4 and then Marky with Cartillers. Old RS4. Old RS4. Yeah, the green um, one. And the green one. It was a pretty good pair at the show, I have it to say. Good, it was yeah. a pretty good. I think that was year three or four Dubshed. Sorry. It was when it changed to obviously the... the I- or down the Icon Centre rather than King's Hall. I think it was the first Hall. Icon maybe. No, ah. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was, it was at the King's Hall. It was one of the years that came. But it was the pavilion, it, 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 as pavilion opposed to yeah, the pavilion. Because yeah. yeah. ah, yes. yes. I remember we done, I think we done what? No, we done two years of the pavilion at the King's Hall. And yeah. then moved yeah. yeah. It would have been, it would have been dub shed four or five then. Right. Because right. the first seeing... three years were. It would have been about 2014 or 15. Yeah. I remember seeing that car dub shed and been like blown away by it because there was a lot of big, like big build cars that, here. But that, that was like that the year showy was side like, of it crazy with big boys coming over like yeah i remember a lot of stuff fiction boys came yeah. over and i seen them go over i was like well i'm winning nothing but it wasn't that <laughs> it was, but it was like it, it held its own because i remember looking around it going stuff that you were seeing on pvw that you might not have seen here mm-hmm. and now it's in front of you and you're going there's local guys built this you know yeah pvw it, actually came over that year as well that's right yeah and it, it pushed the limits from over here you know and, and people doing yeah, that yeah i thought of, it was fairly fresh at the time i thought you know it was s4 right, step up really, wheels s4 yeah you know, that's what had been done at that point, you know. But and I love that car, like still to this day, you know, favorite car I built probably. Um, not the best car I've had because mechanically that car was shot. <laughs> I was just oil leaks everywhere. It's an S four, like yeah. That's it. If you buy a five S four, be prepared to spend money on them. Like yeah, if it's um, ten grand car, you're putting ten grand into it. Yeah. So did that. Had it for about a year. Did a load of shoes on it. Won a load of trophies with it and stuff. Um. Really sort of got my name out there a wee bit as well. And then I think at that point, did a deal with Marky again. I always seem to swap cars. Yeah. They really just buy a car straight like. So swapped it for uh, another dip into the Jap world. Um, So they're called a Nissan Skyline, but they're not really a Skyline. So in America, they're called a G35. That's right, yeah. Um, So it was a Skyline GT350, I think it was called. So did the swap with him, and then Marky sold the car. I think he sold it to Paul Moran. Actually, I think I can't remember. Somebody put rotiforms on it because I think I, I I kept the wheels. That's what I was ah, right. kept the wheels of it. Um, Marky sold it, and then I got that Nissan G thirty five, whatever G thirty five thing. Cool car. It was a Nismo car, mm-hmm. and so I had Nismo suspension, diff, ECU, and stuff like that. What was that run? RB? No, no, so they they basically three fifty Z. So they are. All right, okay. Um, so the V6, and it was the higher horsepower one. 
is it two no sorry three something three twenty or something uh-huh. stupid like that. I think they had three variations engines and three fifty yeah. one it, yeah. Um but then mine was slightly more because it was an Ismo car. Um great car. It was only like twenty eight thousand miles on it. Well, allegedly it came through one of the import companies. So Aye. take out a pencil of salt like get a wee haircut. Um everybody had that car, like Mark Looney had that car. <laughs> uh, the diff was never cool. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Wilton had that car. Oh, the diff was always yeah. warm. <laughs> so I got it. Uh Basically, I had everything in the car, and I had no money to modify it. I really, I wanted to do like weights, crowns, bazooks, and stuff on it. Just didn't have the money, and I was like, "Bugger, put it off for sale." So put it off for sale, and it was actually Mark's brother bought it off me. Give me, it was like five and a half grand at the time, which was buttons for. They were doing ten grand at that point, but I yeah. just like, I just want money gone. Um, so yeah, got it sold, got the cash, and. Remember, we were sitting in a wee cafe in Bangor on a Sunday morning. I was like, right, need to buy something here. I need another car. Because that was my only car at the time. And uh, that's when I bought the, the TT, the 3.2. Very um, nice. So ended up finding it in the south. Uh, and it was dirt cheap. Like, I think I paid. That was... Because you were looking at it. We, we were looking at it. Did we get Sony look at it? Because you were this for a raffle car. Rough. Yeah, we ended up buying a... 20 valve one yeah. Two, uh, 225 off Gary Collin actually that's right but it was advertised at the same time and I think it was dis- I don't know if we looked at it mm-hmm. or did something look at it but it just sort of went that's far too cheap there must be something seriously wrong with it you went and looked at it thought it was great Pete's, well Pete's like myself what was wrong with it was fine. <laughs> it was tired so uh, paintwork was shocking on the car it had a set of rubbish um, 1552 Tarmax, Turbomax? No, the like the first ones that ever. Oh yeah. Uh, the snowflake. I yep. don't know what you call them. Hor- I hated them. Yep. Never liked them. Um. So the car looked like a. It looked rubbish when I first got it. It really did. It was hilariously bad. Had like chrome door handles and all. Oh, lovely. So, like the you know like the covers that go over the top and stuff. <laughs> Eastern and was, European spec. Are you saying? It was. Yeah. It's, it's missing the fill tents. It didn't yep. have the fill tents. So um. Yeah. So got that. Got it down the road. I think I paid twenty two hundred quid for it. And at the time, that car, if it, you're, you couldn't find a 3.2. Still yeah, anywhere. You know, and at the time, they were doing sort of five grand in the north. Yep. But it turns out that the VRT in that car down south Ridiculous. was 1,800 quid a year. Yeah. So that's why it was so cheap. I nobody's going to buy it. Yeah. So I got up the road, and then I had money then to then redish the RSs and buy bags for the TT. So that's what I did. So bought the car, and then on the Monday, ordered dishes, and I arrived. And the two weeks later, I think it was bagged, and then the dishes were whole handling because I don't know if you've ever dealt with torque parts at the time. They've probably changed the name again. I don't know what they're called now. I think I know who you mean. Just, ma- just, just mats. mats, yeah. And then he right. changed the torque parts and stuff. Um, it's always a good sign. You know the stuff was dead on, but flip me, you waited on it. So me, it was Clark actually at the time. He bought dishes for his ones for the Mark Five. That's right. And we were waiting. They were supposed to be there for Dubshed. I don't think I got my dishes until I think it was August or something. Oh, like three months later. You know, it was really, really stupid lead time. And then I got my dishes. Mine were wrong. Oh, nice. So they're wrong size dishes. Um, And he was trying to put it on me. He's like, oh, you you give me the wrong wheel, blah, 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 and all this. So it turns out I, I did think my wheels were 16 inch. Step to 18 inch. Uh-huh. Turns out they were 17 inch. Step to 18 inch. Right. 
But there's very little difference in the cylinders, about 10 mil. You'd never centers. notice it right across. You'd never it, notice yeah. it because we actually put mine with Clark's. And I was like, Yeah, sure, mine's the same, same center, not everything. So I was like, Yeah, mine are just the same as his. So he went for two and a half, I went for three, uh, the bubble dishes, yep. and he sent them out. And he actually, because it took so long, he chromed the dishes, which okay. they looked mint, but um, of course mine didn't fit. So I had to send mine back. Um, and basically he tried to wriggle out of it anyway but there was an email and I sent him the exact diameter of my wheel so he didn't say that that's his problem so yep. anyway got dishes again took another load of months to get these new dishes they didn't come chrome they were just bare polished which is fair enough whatever and I'd actually got the centers done in a supposed to be like a copper like You've probably seen Will Unique stunner like a copper center wheel like a recently. Translucent powder coat, that sort of thing. He done or? the table there. No, I see that now. He done um, table copper plated. Well, you've seen like copper plated wheels. They yeah, look gorgeous. So that's essentially what I was trying to do, and I don't really want to mention the business that did it, but they're in Lurgan. Oh. Um. So you you know straight away, anyway. So I anyway, know. we sure do. Sent them up and. I would always paint my own wheels, but because they were doing this copper, I was like, here, Good I'll give us a go. And I sort of phoned the boy and I was speaking with the boy and I was like, look, I, I'm trying to try this out. And I was trying to, I was trying to get money off, of course. Oh, right. yep. You know, wasn't wearing it anyway. So that was another one. Um, I was working, didn't have time to head up, two of my mates headed up, got them, phoned me as soon as they got them. They're like, Pete, uh, sure you want to pay this guy for these wheels? And I was like, yes, need them, get them down the road. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. I was dead on, got them down the road, and they were a fucking mess. Yep. So they were, and like the 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 waffles are nothing matched the centers or anything. And I was like, bugger this! I got my acid dip out and put them straight in the acid dip. So that's why. That's one thing that I always found about doing stuff for my own cars and for Lee's cars. Anything that I farm out to other people that I finally bite the bullet and do generally get doesn't. Down. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I agree with you completely. That's there. weird. Like anytime I. I Try the only person that's never let me down was Optimus. Optimus yeah, funny. Yeah, same with mine. And I, I can't know. fault them. Like, mm-hmm. and but it was so nerve wracking for me because I had any time I did do the likes of that, I get screwed over. And then now I was going to give this guy like two grand plus, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is terrible. <laughs> well, and, I went to, I think the business that you were talking about to get my wheels part of coated, my right. Mitsubishi wheels, and. I didn't know that much about it back then. I still don't really, to be fair. It's a chrome finish you wanted. But I wanted like a chrome, not exactly chrome, but like to look like polished, but not actually to have to polish them Uh because they were diamond cut stand. And I was like, I can't be arsed with all this shit. So we went to them and then they had all these examples of wheels hanging on the wall of what the powder coating and what the finishes and stuff look like. And there were some that looked lovely. Mm -hmm. And then there was another one. I think it was like a Mercedes wheel or something. You know, that kind of... Like a solid rounded cut in half. Yeah, yeah. And it just looked like a jelly mold. You lost all the detail. All the definition was gone because there was obviously so much powder coat on it. Yeah. And I was like, well, if it turns out like that one, Mm. fine. If it turns out like that one, absolutely not. And the guy I spoke to was very vague about oh, well, you know, you never really know until they come out and all. And I was like, do you know what, mate? I've heard enough. I'm <laughs> away. Yeah. Stand by your product and service or well, get that's lost. It, yeah, because they had actually, the reason I did it was because they put up on their Facebook page, they were trying out these new copper colors. Yep. And I, that's why I said to him, I was like, here, try it out in my wheels. You yep. know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But he still charged me full whack for it. <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? Not, yeah. I, I, it was something stupid. Like, he wouldn't like, be the cheapest. 300 bucks of that or something. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous money. 
but um, yeah, I just wouldn't uh, wouldn't go back. Um, I did. We never go back to him, like you know. But well, we found another guy in Craig Avon, who, well, in fairness, he did an absolutely stonking job the first time I got them done, and then the second time. They were horrendous. He made an absolute balls of it, and I'm like, mm. consistency, dude. <laughs> yeah, I find when you come into wheels as well, particles not great for split wheels because it it just Torrances. makes the tolerances too close. Because that data set, John's RMs, he got them. I can't. I think I got them powder coated for him from place down near me, and went to put them back together. And Jesus, it was like I had like chip bits of powder coat off. Way to get it in, yeah. Get it on and all. It just mm-hmm. I was the M15s are the door. They were powder coated, mm-hmm. and yeah, when you rebuild them, you have to basically take the, yeah. the powder coat off. Whereas I, I've painted most of my wheels for the last load of years, and I painted the the RSs. Then I went on the red TT, and see when you paint, it's so there's so much less product on it, so yep. it just all fits up lovely. And find acid dipping wheels is the way to go because then it just takes it back to a nice yeah. metal to start off with, you know. And that's the way I always did them because they were minis of color. Then that's what you were saying earlier about the the chrome yes. finish. I did that on it. Um, that was actually a water based um chroming system. Very difficult to use. So it was. I remember you telling me at the time. I think I had been talking before about doing chrome bits on the mm-hmm. VR six engine, and you said to me, you were like, "This works," but. Yeah, it's hit and miss. It's hit and miss, and it's not very durable. Yeah. So it was so I did did the wheels in it, and I was trying to go for the twenty four car gold finish. Uh-huh. Which the first time I did them, I didn't get. So basically, you have to do them chrome and then do a candy over the top. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get quite the right candy. It was more. It was just yellow. Okay. Yeah. So it was. And it just. It wasn't great. So I managed to get the right one. Then you've all seen them. The the twenty four car gold sort yeah. of finish on them. But um, yeah. So the process of that basically. It goes from you have to coat the wheel. So he, the nicer finish in your wheel, uh-huh. the better the chrome's gonna look. So you put this like it was like a base coat on. Okay. And this base coat you spread on, you leave it for twenty four hours, and then you have to mix up your chroming solution. You have to leave it for like two days before you can even use it. Right. <laughs> so it like I say, it's quite difficult to work out your timing and stuff. Yeah. Um so you did the base coat, you let it sit for twenty four hours. And then obviously you, you've pre-mixed your, your chroming solutions and stuff. So there was like a chroming solution, then a wash. Because you had to chrome it and then wash it off and then like chrome it again and then wash it off. That's a weird one. Yeah. And it literally, I have a video of it somewhere. Um, It goes from just whatever finish your wheels were and then you start spraying it on. It literally just turns the chrome in front of your eyes. It's it's quite impressive the way it does it. Uh-huh. But like I say, not durable at all. Um, can you lacquer over it then? Yeah, so essentially the candy was then put into the lacquer, and then that's how they ended up gold. And what when you're saying it's not durable, does it fade or? It's maybe just because of the, like there were split wheels. Uh huh. Um. So basically, it was like around the edges, it lifted, and then oh, water right, got underneath, right. and then the chrome just disappears. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Whenever I was doing the car, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here, like, but, um, when I was doing it red anyway, um. I didn't want the whole Iron Man look. Yes. So I got rid of the gold. But <laughs> Good choice. I was getting rid of it anyway because it was lifting around the edges. Yeah, something different. I did a couple of things. Like I did exhaust manifolds for a boat. Um, they look great. As uh-huh. soon as the heat hit it. Gone. Just, it, it didn't take it away. It tarnished it. Fair so enough. It um, so yeah, it's good stuff, but very tricky to use. and Better for like an I interior say, or something like that. Yeah, something that's not going to get any 
you're not going to be holding or using or washing if you know what I mean something that doesn't get touched much mm-hmm. is perfect you know so the TT got out of a, a bit out of control then at the start yeah so got the air ride and the wheels and stuff yes after acid did them after that rubbish copper I did them pearl white uh-huh. and then they got the new dishes on built up with I think at the time gold bolts and then white center badges with gold BBS and stuff so and then obviously did the TT well went to put them on the TT then realized they didn't fit yep and I think I was originally building the car to get over to Clean Fest at the time. Okay. And at that point, I had no idea what color I was even painted in the car. I never do, really, until a couple <laughs> of days before. And then it had been that long since I did the Jetta. I was like, I did a bit of a homage to the Jetta. Yep. And it was the same thing. I had a Fiat 500 in, and it was that color. And I was just like, there we go. Done. So that was a Fiat color? That's a Fiat color. So that's called Fiat smooth mint i think it is so it comes on the 500 so i love the color it was very 70s mark one color it sounds yeah because it, it, it a lot of people thought it was white so uh-huh. if you're colorblind i'm pretty sure it looks like white, white. You. so it does but obviously it was green and oh, some shade of white a load of customers coming i was like it's mint green you know <laughs> but it's obviously just people's eyes see different things like yeah. but um yeah so i had to make the wheels fit the car um so or the other way around yeah well the car fit the wheels sorry um so I ended up cutting it, wide arching it, um, fully metal arches and stuff. There's, because I am very, I'm very against over fender kits. Yep, I can um, totally I think with I was you. in your workshop one day when you were halfway through doing that. Could very well be. Yeah. You were just cutting. The- yeah, just cutting the arches, just <laughs> pulling going, them out. Holy smokes! Yeah. he's committed. <laughs> was this the first time you'd done something like that? Yeah, well, I actually got a lot of help from that. Um, where sorry, with that from uh, Brian Milton. Okay. Um, yeah. It was the time he was in my yard, and if anybody knows Brian, he's very good with his hands. Mm-hmm. And he just said, "He's like, right, we'll get it done. We'll just do it." And I think I was painting a car for him or something, and he did he the arches. I painted the car, yeah. something like that. So yeah, just proceeded. Well, it was actually the wee lad that was working for me at the time. He cut the arch because we didn't really know how to do it. Uh-huh. We were sort of just winging it. So I he cut it off, and I was like, right, pull it out. And I was like, right. We knew we were going to have to weld metal in, but he had cut the whole arch off oh, right. at that point, but we didn't need to do, which yeah. we realized then. So the first arch was like the learning curve. Then we knew what to do, and then the rest were easy. So Brian did the welding on it and stuff, um, and obviously filler working painting was done by us then. Um, so yeah, that was about 10 inches wider all around. And bear in mind, you get the time you could buy fiber fiberglass front wheel arches for yeah. them for like like the still static guys and stuff, but didn't want fi- I hate fiberglass. Yeah. Didn't want it anywhere near the car, so did that. Painted the green. Uh, took it to... That was another close call one for a distant 38. So it was. So I finished it the night before we left. I it wasn't like even finished, really. I got finished at the show, so it did. Yeah, um, been there. <laughs> yeah, we've probably all been there. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost count over the years how many people turn up at Dubshed and they're putting back door cards and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> putting That's stuff it, on. But... Uh, yeah, took a day at this in 38. Seen it go down pretty well. I think I had it like that for about a year. And then I think it, the next dub shit then, I sort of, that's when, when the louvers when started coming out of it. You went mad with the louvers? Yeah. So I think I think that year I did, was it the wing louvers just? Yes, yeah, in with the Yeah, because immediately after then you went louver crazy. Yeah, so I did the wing louvers. That was the year. Your number plate was, was Teddy eight. on that, wasn't it? Originally it was Nope. So it nope, was, that's right, yeah. Um. So got it. That that was the year that I finished it, and I bought new adapters for the front wheels. Okay. And um, because they were 
those wheels were 5120 BMW fitment. So ah, I went right. for adapters, obviously. So the original adapters were 5112 to 5100 because right. they were redrilled yeah. as well, but the redrill was terrible. So I was like, I'd rather have it off the original fitment of oh, the car. Enough, so yeah. I bought new adapters. Little did I know, because I had changed from the 5112 that was drilled badly mm-hmm. to the 5120, the studs sat in more. So I bolted it onto the car, heading off for Dubshed, and these swear the, the, the car sounded like it was going to fall apart. I was just like, what the hell did I do with this? So I parked it at Halfords and Bangor. I was like, I can't drive that up here. So came up the show, disheartened, because I'd done all this work and stuff, because I, I painted the car again, because I was never happy with the first job I did on it. So I completely resprayed that car the same color again for Dubshed. That's the annoying thing about painting the car the same color. Nobody ever knows. Yeah, nobody <laughs> noticed that, you know. So, uh, yeah, I got up the show because I was working on other cars. I don't know, Adam's car, somebody's car anyway. So I had to get up the show. And they were like, where's the TT? And I was like, the wheels are now going to fall off. And um, it was actually Gary um, at the time. I was working for Audio Advice, yeah. Gary McCarroll. He's like, here, we've got the, the shuttle. We'll go down and get it. And I was like, unreal. So we headed down the car shuttle, put it in the back of the trailer, got it up the dub shed. And by that point, everybody was in. So I had the, I actually, I think it was Gaffin or Ricky had to escort me in because it was like two in the afternoon. There's so many cars moving about and stuff. <laughs> so I was getting escorted in. Everybody's like stirring. I was like, Jesus Christ, driving into the <laughs> show. So got it in. And of course, it was on ILB stand and there was no room left. So they had to like force me into the corner. I was never happy with the car at that show. Uh, I, it just wasn't right. Like I said, it wasn't low or anything at that point. Well, it was bagged, but I didn't set it right. low. So, yeah, I did that. Um, I think I did a load of shows that year. Uh, got quite a few trophies with it. And then the next year is then when I did the Lubbard bootleg, uh, did the American rear bumper, did the notched front subframe. So yep. basically brought it, lit the arch. Um, sat perfectly then and that's when the car was like I, I got the interior done then yeah. as well in between then um, and that's when the car when it was green it was just perfect then I think it did gold wheels at that point and stuff as well maybe but yeah so the interior got done by Optimus in Scotland um, I've used people over here before and I'd be fairly fussy if I'm not going to be doing it myself yeah I find the majority of compared to Optimus they're either at 90 or 95%, whereas Optimus mm-hmm. is perfection. It is, yeah. And realistically, it's not that far of a journey over. You know, no, it's... and like, I didn't mind heading over. Obviously, it costs you more money to do it, but I think with boats and everything, that interior cost me three grand. Yeah. I'll be honest, I think I probably would have paid more over here. Aye. You know, because it was, it was a fairly detailed sort of interior with all the suede and the stitching and everything else, you know. And nothing's ever an issue for him. Yeah. Did you ever see TJ's, Jetta's interior, the Recaro's? I probably have, but I couldn't That was a company down AT. AT, yeah. Yeah, I think down south there. They do classic cars, but I have to say their work was very, very good. Because people ask me all the time, like, oh, who do you get to do your drum work? And I'm like, Optimus. And they're like, where are they? And they're like, Glasgow. And they're like, what? I know, yeah, I got that too. And he's like, trust me, you have to travel if you want to get good. Do you remember 10 years ago, who was the interior guys? MJ? Yeah. That's right, yeah. If you look at PVW, who done the tier? MJ. MJ interiors, that's right. Because I think... Where are they now? Sir Clark's Mark V was an MJ interior. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, where are they? Yeah. Because only ones They're probably really trimming for or something now. You it know, could really. be, yeah. That's what um, generally happens. But the main ones are really Optimus Plush, I would say. There's a couple of other ones. Um, 
but the Optimus would be my choice. Like I, yeah. I couldn't fault it. He uses the best of leathers as well. It's Bridge of Weir. It's yeah. awesome leather. Like his attention to detail and stuff is just yeah. mental. Like that's would he, shock he, me about him. He does like doing different bits on every car as well. Like he, he doesn't like every car just being the same. No, because there is people over here, certain Eastern European fellas yep. that do it, and it's all fake vinyl. It's all diamond stitched. It's just yeah, eh, you know, steel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, whereas Optimus, he, I, I, I couldn't literally could not fault it. And what I actually paid him for, that was two grand for that interior, which I think's it's a mental bargain. Yeah. So it is. The way to work and yeah, stuff. Really, really is. But yeah, so that was my first proper retrim as well. I probably will do it again with the M3. Like I'll probably because I've pole positions is the idea of that and stuff. It's hard to be in a good pole position. Um, yeah. What way the TTN? You sold it to an English guy. So ended up green for about another year, and then took a head staggers. It was actually we were doing districts. Dead arms car that year for Dubshed, the black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my car was at Dubshed that year in the green. I think that's when it was had the teddy on it then, the teddy plate and stuff. And then for districts, I was doing Clark's Mark IV, 32. Oh, yeah, Mark the black, black one. one. Yep, that's right. Um, so I decided I want to change the color of my car for this show because sure we were obviously involved, involved with it. I was just like, yeah, have to come out hard with this show. So I pulled it in, started sanding it, stripped it all. And I was trying to keep it a secret. And people were coming in, like, what are you doing to the car? And I was like, ah, just tidying a few wee bits here and there and stuff. And it was a big secret for ages. And decided to do it this time. The Have you seen the new Cleos? With yes. Like, I think it's called Flame Red or something. It's like a real mad metallic pearl, like a three-stage. Proper candy, yeah. really. Um, so I was like, right, that's the colour. I didn't realise that's what colour that was. It's cool. Well, I'll get there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I did it that colour originally in the booth. Loved it. Pulled it outside. Blotchy bastard. Oh, nice. But that's because, in my opinion, I've done the colour before and I've done repairs. So I've always been blending out and stuff. But that was my first respray on it. And because the candies, proper candies are inks. They're not actually base coat. Okay, yeah. So basically they're inks and then you put them into either a clear base coat or lacquer or whatever it may be. And that wasn't like that. That That was mixed off my paint scheme at the time and it just didn't come out well and I, was, I just parked it I was like oh, I don't know what to do with it. And I was like do I try and do it again or do I do it a different colour and I was just like didn't know what to do so it didn't go to districts Adam never let me hear the end of it to be honest with you. so it ended up at built that's what I was going to say it was the first time I seen it yeah. as the red and I was like fuck I didn't see so, that I, it was a big secret up until the end and I it was, another, it was like another Jetta since so I rolled it in different, different colour and I was like what the hell so <laughs> Ended up going back and painting it. Well, I scratched it all down because it was red, obviously. Um, and literally just threw a coat of the pearl from the S4 over the top. Ah, right. And yes. that took the blotchiness out of it. So it was a bit of a melt of a colour because then I had to paint it. Because I had to do it again when I sold the car. You had to match that? I had to match it. So I had to paint the Cleo colour first and then do the, the Mazda colour over the top. So it was a bit of a melt. My own fault, you yeah. know. But you took yeah, the wing mirrors and things off of the new? That's when I took the wing mirrors off. Um... It was a sort of like hot rod type vibes to it, I thought. I did. I tried to go, when I was trimming, when I was doing the interior, I actually bought hot rod seats. Okay. So, but they were too small. The Kirky ones? No. Um, they were basically, oh, if, we you ever, if you type in bomber seats. Okay. And they would be in like at the likes of a, like a 32 Ford. 
Ah, uh, you know, yes, yes. But they literally came halfway up yeah. your back. Um, Good in an accident. And bought them, loved them, and then put them in the car. And I was just like, it's like two buckets. Like literally two plastic <laughs> they buckets. Lost. They they just, there, was no, there was nothing around them. They didn't work. And yeah, ended up just sacking that off and then went for... Pole position. Pole position replicas. Uh-huh. They weren't actually pole positions. A lot of people thought they were, but I didn't put a Recaro badge on them, so I wasn't really, right, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> let, let it slide. Let that slide, yeah. <laughs> they're still actually decent enough. They're basically, you ever seen status seats? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Same thing. I'm pretty sure it's what status use originally, and then they just put their brand on it. Um, so yeah, did all that. Uh, did the smoothing in the mirrors. I can't remember. I did a little wee bits when it was red. Um, and then took the gold away because I didn't because a lot of people were doing the Iron Man thing back then and I was just like I, I, no I can't it, even if it didn't do it the first comment was going oh, to be that Iron Man is it uh, no <laughs> so yeah did the wheel silver maybe it wasn't as it wasn't the nicest the RS's ever were but it worked you know so did it the gats took it to belt and I think I kept it for another few months and then sold it to no swapped it Again, of course. <laughs> for an E46 M3. So that was another mad deal. So this area was a customer brought us E46 M3 into Carlisle, which is SC Motors, which is in the same yard as me. And came in not running, came in on a trailer and figured out that it needed a fuel pump. So I had to add the TT for a bit. And I said jokingly, I was like, here, sure, see if he wants a TT for that. And uh, he's like, I'll send a text now. So he sent the text over, load of photos. Loved the car. He's like, where am I going to put the kids? So he needed something <laughs> with more seats. So um, he's like, have you anything else there? And Mark, or Carlisle had the Mark 5 GTI at the time. Five, no, three-door one. Okay. Five-door, three-door. One of the two. Um, Grey car, 05. Brought up a friend of mine. I'm not going to say much for but buttons. And did a deal then for the Mark 5 for the M3. So I gave him the Mark 5 and a certain amount of money for the M3. And then I straight swapped the M3 the for the TT. Uh, kept the wheels off the TT because I was planning then because they were from 20 footmans. I was like, here we go. Straight on straight to the, the M3. <laughs> but the offsets were all over the show yeah. and they just weren't right. Um, and I actually didn't really like them on the car. Put Fair them on enough, a couple yeah. of times. I was like, mm. Better in your head than it was not yeah. yeah. And basically, a friend of mine, Louis, he had bought an M3 about two years previous to this and spunk like about six grand on air ride on these library wheels from a boy in America and um, he owns like a chin and shop in America and he had these on his it was an Oxford green M3 in America so that's you obviously know the colour of those wheels they were like yeah, an orange that's right didn't make sense in my car made perfect sense on his car yeah so uh, what colour is your that. car sorry uh, so my car is steel grey steel grey yeah so it is Um. So yeah, I got the car and then I text Louis and I was like, talk to me numbers here about this, this air. Oh, sorry, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself again here. Um, basically, Louis bought this E46 a couple of years previous, bought the air riding wheels, then found out that the E46 was clocked from like 200k down to like 98 or something stupid. Oh, nice. Yep. Didn't look like it. Didn't look at the car. You were like, you couldn't see it, but he was like, get away. You know. Put him off it. So got it shot. I think he sold it for 4,200 quid. Like cheap M3 when you think about the prices. It is, yeah. Um, so his, that stuff was just lying on our workshop. Hadn't even been out of the box or anything. And I was like, right, how much is this, all right? And then he was just like, I have to completely skip the over car there. 
the black S4, because that was when I built that. But um, so he was like, well, what are the worst of you? I was like, well, I want to pay as little as possible. And he's like, well, <laughs> tell you what, I'll give you the wheels as well. You give me your S4. At that point, I was not selling the S4. I was like, no, did it with the first one. This is a better car. I'm keeping it. But he bamboozled me. There was the TT deal happened on the Friday. And then this deal happened on the Saturday. Oh, yeah. So I lost two cars within two days and had an E46 <laughs> that didn't run. And I was just like, what the hell has happened here? Like, <laughs> woke up on Sunday morning going, what? what Life what? choices. Yeah. And like, to this day, everybody's like, remember the day you were bamboozled, Pete, and just completely lost all your cars? And just, yeah. So it's always a, a talking point with us, like, but um, did that deal. Um, I think I got, I gave the S4 to him. He gave me the wheels there. And money, I think, as well. So it was an alright deal considering what I paid for that S4. So I'll get on the S4 quickly. Bought the S4 for 400 quid. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> with no gearbox in it. It was silver, a black roof and a black bonnet. Very, very Eastern European spec. Yep. Hadn't been on the road in years. Full of moss, full of damp, full of everything. And it was advertised on Facebook. And I think it was up for like 600 quid or something. But the photos, I could see that it had like we trick bits in the engines and stuff. So I was yeah. like, even the brake car, you'll, you'll you've seen the money. potential. Yeah. So I bought it and I bought it like way before, I think I bought it when the TT was green. Mm-hmm. And it lay there for ages. And I was like, I need to do something with this. So bought a gearbox off and fell off one of the forums. And it was a whole handling. Flipping the guy disappeared and all. And I was like, what the hell? This guy just took my money and ran here. And uh, about Two months after he disappeared, the gearbox just mysteriously appeared in my workshop. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, honestly, I was just like, how? So anyway, so got the gearbox in, realized the engine was dead. Because I hadn't even heard the engine running yeah. in this car. Got it running, realized it was dead on. And then that's when I did the build on it. So at the time, I actually had a Mark V DTI. Um, and I couldn't afford, I wanted H&R Ultra Lows. Couldn't afford them. I was like, I'd sell the GTI. I don't really need it. And put the money down for these H and R ultra lows off in America. It's the only place I could get them at the time. And uh there was a whole handling with the money. I can't really remember what happened, but basically they held my money, then they sent me an email saying it was gonna be months wait on these coilovers. And I was like, well, bugger that. And I was like, Well, can I not get my money back? It's like it was being held in my bank account. And uh we're like, No, 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 you know we'll we'll see if we can get them to quicker. quicker and stuff and I was like right okay next thing they were like two days later they appeared I was like right <laughs> what the hell and then the money all went back into my bank account alright so I hope <laughs> aren't listening to this podcast but <laughs> I never get, paid for those go-overs we do have a lot of American listeners <laughs> <laughs> what, what sort of money was S4 they were mostly 1200 quid all said and done with postage and everything they, were, they got some 1500 quid Nice. So yeah, I was going the whole static thing with that and then yeah, painted it black, did the carbon fiber front end. I think you finished it for Dubshed one year, didn't you? Did, yeah. Because you came in and just hit the limiter and everybody went deaf. <laughs> That's right, straight piped it as well. Yeah. It was straight piped off the turbo, three inch. Um yeah, did that and then that's I ended up with the Stuff for your stuff for the M3. E46, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, the car is still in my yard as well, that S4, because now Carlisle owns it. Cause, <laughs> so basically, <laughs> so the, the, 
He had it for about a year. Did bugger all with it. I had Supermoto at the time. It was CCM. Mm-hmm. And I if, like, if anybody follows Pete on Instagram, please do. Because <laughs> there's heavy mini moto and small bike builds yeah, just on the stories. Silly things, yeah, death carts, whatever. Yeah. 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 So I've plenty of stupid things really. Um so that Supermoto was one of them. Um so CCM Supermoto six hundred CC thing. Absolute yobbo of a bike, like, you know, just a wheelie machine. Layer and then of course the S4 was lying around the back and I was like, I want that car back. So said to Louis, I was like, right, what deal can we work out here? So worked out a deal for the bike and I own part of a van as well. I was like, like you can have my half of the van and the bike, give me the S4 back. So got the S4 back. Um at that point the carbon had all went to shit. Mm-hmm. Um bar the wings. Um because basically the carbon fiber was made by a company. The wings were made. They were molded, so they're always being 100%. But yeah. I said, look, it's going to cost a fortune, obviously, to make the bonnet and the bumper. Could you skin it? They were like, yeah, 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 no problem. Turned out it was the biggest mistake ever. Yeah. Um, there was just too much product on it, and it all went cloudy and just was rubbish. I had to take it all off. Um, so, yeah, that bought it back, took it all off. Tea taking carbon fiber off. Disaster. Oh, they might just have been splinters, I uh, got from it so took it all off painted it all no it didn't even took it all off and then I was going to build it again yeah because I bought the car got the car back and then put the ultra-legers off it onto the black golf yeah I was going to build it again for dubs yet I think and then lockdown happened and I ended up selling it then to Carlisle I have a funny feeling it'll end up back in your possession (laughs) no so he's a bit more invested in it than I ever was Um, and to be honest the way B5 prices are at the minute no it's safe to have yeah well that's it he's holding on it and he's he's been fixing all the week he's bought like the last couple of cars off me so my cars they always look great but mechanically there's maybe some slight issues now I did a fair bit of the TT did timing chains and whatever else DSG all that carry on but there was always like things like we niggly things we niggly things yeah um, I'm just seeing a, a vision of Carlisle watching you drive in and I'm rubbing his hands together <laughs> like, you wouldn't be far wrong what do you, what do you call a <laughs> The guy in The Simpsons that owns a power station. Oh, Mr. Oh, Burns. Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so he ended up with a TT, fixed all the issues, sold it on, and then the same thing happened with the S4. So he still has the S4. Uh, so it's now got a set of OZ, very motorsporty, sort of turbo fanish looking wheels uh-huh. on it. And uh, what else has he done to it? So he's, he put a time belt in it. All that. He's actually it's going up the auto to get mapped properly because I'd never had the car mapped. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would say it was a sort of healthy 350 horsepower. Still on KO3s. Still on KO3s. Because um, I was just judging by the mods somebody had done previously. So when I got that car, it had gutted cats, gutted pre-cats, and forged uh, dump valves and stuff, and a couple other bits. So I was like, right, that must be... Well, the map straight away, the 320. Yeah. So I was like, that must be 350 at least. Um, and it feels like about a 350, but I was never convinced by the map on the car. Because it did sort of go into like limp mode a flat few spots times, flat and spots yeah. and stuff like that. So there now is a big flat spot on it between 5 and 6k for whatever reason. And I was driving it there the other week and I said, I was like, get that car mapped. Like, you there's something not right it. about yeah. the fuel in that car. So it's gone up this week, hopefully. But when I was driving it, the heater matrix burst. Oh, nice. When I was driving over the weekend and then he was driving it the following weekend and the radiator burst. So, it did. so it's now I had to put like 
and the radiator is expensive because it has an oil cooler in the bottom. Oh, <laughs> lovely. So it was. And so he's had a, bit of, a fair bit of money into it again. So he has. But um, so your E46 then, would you say you're heavily invested in it? Yes. <laughs> More so because of the way I was heavily invested in TT. So I was, I, I'll not say how much money I was in the TT, but it was plenty. And because that now, I, I can't look at it like this, but the M3 stands me a ridiculous amount of money because yeah. of that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd be fairly invested in it. And, but an E46 M3 at the minute is an investment car. Yeah. You know, so I don't mind holding on to it. And that's why it's laid there. So basically, built it the first time, literally just fired the air and wheels on it within a week. Looked cool. Wasn't particularly meant paintwork wise. Did a couple of shows on it. I got to the Castle Island. I did the last Castle yeah, Island. Yeah. And then did Players Classic on it. And after Players Classic, I did a Drift Day. I remember Day saying Grimpen. that, yeah. Which amused me. On Air Ride and Wheels. On Air Ride and Wheels. Um, it, it, like, it probably was one of the most expensive days up in Eglinton, as in cars. Because yeah. there was like me, and then there was like, there was, uh, what do you call them? Ram McFarland and there's like 600 horsepower soar all, right. all these like really expensive Japanese cars me and my flipping thing and like all these boys and their missiles you know yep. their ST100s and whatever else 600 quid rear wheel drive yokes. yeah so I was getting in you know going into like the pit lane sort of ready to go on the track and then air night and all the cultures were like Jesus boy did you see that there but <laughs> <laughs> I just went the floor out there I was funny like watching the reactions but did a drift down it ruined the car so it did um, did the E46 M3 thing and pulled the floor out oh, itself. the rear subframe cracking? Yeah. So basically when I got the car it had already been done as in the strengthening where the subframe bolts in. Uh-huh. Mine cracked everywhere else. For, so, oh, yes. <laughs> so yeah basically the back end of my car was about to leave the building so it was. Um, I forget it because it was going it's obviously it had been happening and I just mm-hmm. didn't realise because I drove the fuck out of that car it's just like it's, so it's, it's a fun do. car to drive. Yep. So I never forget going to Players Classic, um, and I had James Preston and JP in the car, mm-hmm. and the we were shooting up the road somewhere, and I remember JP saying, "He's like, oh, you can really feel like the power when you you put it in another gear, <laughs> but it was a knock coming from the back because the subframe was about to leave the building." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah," but I'm just feeling at the gears. The death comes real fast. Yeah, yeah, real, real. Fuck you. And um, what do you call it? The uh, <laughs> yeah, got it up basically to get an MOT checked on because I was going to get an MOT, of course, because I was going to build it for dub shed again. Mm-hmm. And uh, got it up in the air, and Carlyle comes over and he goes, "Yeah, you might want to come over in here to have a look at this." And they dropped the exhaust down. Basically, long story short, it needed brake pipes for MOT, so you have to drop the exhaust down and stuff. And the subframe as well but he had just dropped the exhaust out and he's like yeah you want to have a look at this I could stick my arm in one of the chassis legs oh nice so got very extensive welding done around the rear end and we if anybody knows E46's Reddish Motorsport is like the main guys for doing the strengthening on them okay. so basically Carlisle copied everything they do Um, so what they they charge like three and a half four grand to do this Um, Shit, so right. we did it all Um. It still costs me a couple of grand to do, you know, parts and everything. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not breaking now, so it's not. Um, so we did like full strengthening, and then did what you call like a vince bar in the inside, and that gives you more strengthening. So basically, the two skins come apart, and then when you put this vince bar in, then it squeezes them all together. Okay, right, and it stops it happening again, essentially. Um, and then yeah, once we were that deep, 
it was a can of worms really and just we're like let's just make the underneath brand new you went so, over you went to town yeah, on it yeah seen the picture of it it's many impressively so yeah powder coated everything all new fuel lines brake lines uh fully polybushed got power flex on the no uh camber arms and stuff at the rear um the only thing i haven't done is i wanted to rebuild the diff and just because there's just quite a lot of miles in that car like so but i probably will still do that but yeah so essentially we redid the hole underneath the car um but the top half still looks like a chicken shed really for, <laughs> for, what, not, for what, what, just just roughly what what are your plans or do you not want that um to be honest i was gonna go a bit mad with it and then just given the way the cars are now i'm gonna keep it more in the original side of things OEM plus so ish, yeah very way and plus because <laughs> uh, i was gonna i was gonna subtly widen like yeah. obviously an m3 is wider but i was gonna subtly widen it um not gonna bother with that anymore just two new or like front wheel arches because they were rotten um obviously I keep the air in it redoing the wheels and the if you look at my instagram they're actually uh i acid dipped them and lacquered over the bare metal that's right yeah in a matte seen finish that. and means you can have like a brushed look without Having to do the actual brush yeah. effect on it. Yeah. So did that with them. Um, it's got a red leather interior. So I'm going to do time the idea of like a backseat delete. But might just go and get it uh, back over to Optimus. Get the backseats trimmed. Door, mm-hmm. I was thinking about CSL door cards and stuff because they're carbon fiber. But very expensive. Yeah. Um, and then a set of positions and done in the same red leather. Um, for the interior and then I'm going on velocity stacks on it um, probably a PS designs kit and then yeah I'm doing a straight pipe on it <laughs> sweet bro <laughs> so um, uh, and then obviously a good paint job well that, that's the second car you've had on air that's a performance car say mm. what do you say to people then that tell you that air doesn't handle or you know driving a 46 M3 with air ride and because like you know what the purists are like they're like oh you think a BMW uh, what did that car have? Right, it would have came out of the bloody factory. I was like, no, like that. Obviously, my cars are what two thousand and two. That's old suspension. That's, yeah, that's old technology. You yeah. know what I mean? But you couldn't tell people that. No, there's no telling them. Like I've kept my standard stuff because I probably will sell the car at some point. Standard. Yeah. You know, because you're not going to sell air, right? That back Unless. in the day, I would have got you more money in a car, but now it's, it actually takes away from it. I think. But yeah, honestly, it's it's one of the best air. Like, it's very well developed. I think for the M3. Mm-hmm. because you've got all the adjustment and stuff you know dampening them and everything um yeah what, what are you running what are you running in it so that's a full airlift performance kit uh-huh and um, which comes with your camber adjustment top mounts and stuff and then dampening adjustment so you can the, dial everything in and then you, you can want dial it all in yeah Perfect. and then i went for the the camber arms at the rear to then really dial it in mm-hmm. more for stunts yeah more no, so you know it bugs it just is a real bug of mine that people who haven't driven a car on our ride mm-hmm. especially will say oh you've ruined that or you've done this and i'm like drive it yeah oh i wouldn't drive that i'm like there you go you'll never know like the tt perfect example that was that was just a slam kit as well so it wasn't yeah. full performance it drove like a standard car yeah do you know what i mean and it's it, obviously i see where people think air ride's crap because back in the day air ride was crap T- or a Reverend two-way kit. Yeah. You know, you can like turn it on the boat. You know, so I understand why people think it's rubbish, but it's came on leaps and bounds since then. Yeah. It's really, and it is, especially airlift stuff, is track-focused yeah. more so now. They know what they're doing with it. Yeah. And, yeah, I couldn't fault it, really. And, yeah, even with the 
there was three p in that originally, and then when I got the the red car, the the golf, mm-hmm. I because it came with V two, uh-huh. I swapped it over because I was like I rather have three p in the daily for the daily driver, oh, uh, yeah, um, as opposed to um, V two, which likes to break, yeah. <laughs> but the the V two works all right. I I banged it now, but yeah, I have a lot more work to do in that car. Um, it'll be a fairly long build. It's a, maybe a push for Dubshed next year if it happens. Like, but I'm not rushing it with it because I. You want to be right. Yeah, any any car I've done for Dubshed has never been finished. Mm-hmm. You know, it and looks good at Dubshed, but I always had something else to do after, and rather just get it done, and then it's done. Yeah, you know. Um. So that's that's the end. Go for end. Very good. That's quite a catalogue of. 15, yeah, 15, 15 years, years of cars. Not even the mall. I was going to say, yeah, there's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot of them between e-cars. That, uh, so, comprehensive, like the cars and the builds is just insane what you've done, basically. I just want to go back to your work as you've sort of dipped your toes in there to talking through the cars mm-hmm. there. So, you were in school and did you initially move into the world of painting or what way did you no, start out? so... I don't know, maybe it was just me at school, but I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. My mum was a yep. teacher. Yep. I'm 42 and I still don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mum um, was a teacher, dad was an engineer. I didn't see myself being a teacher. Yep. Um, definitely didn't see myself being an engineer, cause considering there's really no engineering trade in there in Ireland anymore, because Horn and Wolf, um, my dad was a Horn and Wolf man. Yeah. Not there, well, it's essentially, essentially not there, yeah. there anymore. So I knew I wasn't going to do that. Um, at the time, leaving school... At 16, my mum persuaded me to go back because I had the grades to do A-levels. Okay, yeah. So I went back for the first year of A-levels. <sighs> Didn't really make much of an effort, to be honest. I just I knew it wasn't for me. Um, pissed about. And because it was sixth year, you get to like, leave school and all. So I, was like, I spent most of my time down in a, it was a game shop down in Banger <laughs> called Replay. <laughs> so a hockey that? game up the back. I, that was us every day, just playing this hockey game. Um, so yeah, school wasn't for me. Got into... The, I had to like fight to get back in because it, it, it didn't have the grades in the AS level you didn't get into A level yeah that's happened to me so just about scraped through had to get my mum and all come down with me so I could get back in because my head of year hated me so she said she knew I didn't want to be there and uh, managed to go back in stay till Christmas and at this point I got a job in the Marine Court Hotel mm-hmm. as a kitchen porter got the Christmas and I just woke up and I was just like I don't need to go to school anymore because they, they tell you as soon as you go into sixth year they're like just remember last year you had to be here by law you don't need to be here anymore and I just I was like a wake up call and I was like right I'm out of there I'm didn't dull. go back didn't get a phone call from the school <laughs> I don't even think they cared you know so you had a year going yes yeah like, thank god he's gone um, so did that and because I was working in the Marine Court I just went full time in there for from Christmas until September and that's when I decided I'm going to paint cars. So went up to, at the time, it called Blackwater was that, House. Was that because you were looking out the window of the Marine Court watching modified cars driving past you? Uh, <laughs> I don't really know where that came from. I always had an interest in painting. Yeah. Um, from like, I had a scooter at the time. And of course, being a scooter in 16, I fell off it a lot. Oh. And so I had to paint it many a time. And because of that, I sort of thought. Got an interest. Yeah give us a go so went up the Blackwater House that was a training centre at the time it's now called River Park I think training centre in Molusk the only place you could do painting and went up there and I remember when I went into you could either do one of three things you could do bodywork paintwork or parts so parts would have been like a parts guy in Con Ams or whatever okay Um, 
So I went in for paint, and they were looking at my sort of grades and all, and they just looked up at me, and I'm like, I'm not being funny here, but what are you doing here? <laughs> and I, I was like, so it was like a, like a job interview. And I was like, uh, well, I want to do paint work. They were like, yeah, but half the edits come in here don't have half of what you have on paper here. And like, bear in mind, my grade, grades weren't great. Oh, yeah. You know, so just so you know, the, the, the type of highlands were in the place. So anyway, I was like, yeah, just want to paint. And they're like, would you do parts? And I was like, no, want to paint. So ended up painting, sent me for an interview uh, to get a job as a placement in Body Tech uh, when they were in Belfast. Okay. Lisburn Road. Yes. And went down there and it was, is it Richard? I think the boy's Hi, Richard, name. Richard, Richard's release yeah. Um, He was doing an interview. Then there was another woman there. Don't know who she was. She felt like a mum, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's and her. That's her. I went in and they were like, right, what experience do you have? And I was like, oh, I'll put him a skinner with our <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, well, we're actually looking somebody that's a first year apprentice, like going into their second year. And I was just like, right. And then I, I always remember the mum just there smiling. It's like, oh, bless. He's come in here. He's, he's, got, he's got lovely eyes and a nice uh, smile. <laughs> so that was my first sort of, yeah, first injury. And then went back to tech. Didn't have a job. So did this thing. If you didn't have a job, you went on this 12-week program, which was supposed to learn you all the basics. Not now. Nah, we were just fucked about, you know, <laughs> lunchtime down, handbreaking around the flipping the industrial states and all. It was just a... Like it's holiday camp. Yeah, it was. Not so like school. In between these twelve weeks, uh, Colin found me a job at Autobody in Newton Arts, um, Andy Braden. So he said, "Go down and see him, see what he thinks." Blah blah blah. So went down there, and I, anybody that's ever dealt with Andy Braden, not a very easy person to deal with. Sure he's not. And me being a young eighteen-year-old, I didn't really know. I, I didn't have tough skin at this point, shall we say. Went in and he's like, Ah, oh, here you're a good painter then. And I was just like, Well, I've never painted anything. He was like, Well, go out there, flip and get that ready and get it painted. And I was just like, Whoa. <laughs> Just threw me out of the deep end. Um, turned out I didn't paint it. I, I, I was like, I can't paint. You know, I just came clean. He's like, Right, we'll try prepping for a while. So started prepping two years in the job and hadn't touched the gun yet. And I just went in one day and I was like, Andy. I need to bloody start painting something. All right, big balls. Right, let's go. Yeah. Right, see you next week. You're painting everything. And I just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> what have I done? The amount of runs and everything I got that first week, like, but it, it helped me, though. It's, you know, it forced it's, you to do it. It forced me to do it and to learn from your mistakes, like, you know. I, I honestly I have to say, Andy Braden, not a great guy to do with, but I learned everything in there, yeah. you know. And it was probably the guys there and him Golder, not me, you know, to make the because he was very fussy with his paintwork and stuff, you know. Had a great reputation. Yeah. Um, it's maybe slid in the last few years, you know. It's Are they still down, up there? Or they move still up there, but the painters just keep changing, and you know, it's just. It's just the way things are yeah. going, really. It's, it's probably like yourself. You've moved on, so the good painters maybe go and set up themselves, or you know. Well, it seems to be happening. But the big thing at the minute is there's no young blood coming into the trade anymore. Nobody's interested. They want the easy money. They want everybody wants an IT job now. You know, so YouTuber. Yeah, everybody wants to be a really <laughs> mediocre YouTuber now. Do you know what I mean? So or podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, not painting uh, anymore. I'm going to stop, start my own <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so... Painter's Edge. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked for Braden for maybe seven years. Learned pretty much everything there. By the, by the time I left, I was... There was me and one other painter. We had head painters. And then... Uh, and I was actually getting paid off because 
he was coming on financial difficulties and it was like forced redundancies and stuff like that. So they went about it in a sneaky way to try and get me out, but they couldn't get me at the end. I had to actually pay me off. Literally the next day, gets a phone call from, it was Green Island Body Repair at the time, a boy called Richard Dazelle. He offered me a job. So I went up there, was working there for about a month. And then I got another phone call from the time Marky Stewart, which is his own paintworks. He phoned me. He's like, Pete, when do you come work for me? Blah, blah, blah. So went and worked for him. Not handier and closer to home. Yeah. That he <laughs> rolled out of bed and two minutes later was in work like. So sometimes a bad thing. Yeah. So he got me down the road because the, the other place was all in. It wasn't actually in Great Island. It was in Carrick like. Um, but I was either drive, and that's when I was driving that silver Mark 1 TT. Yeah. And I just was horrible in fuel. Yeah. Always so Marky's sort of selling point was like, yeah, you don't have to do the miles or the, the petrol anymore. I was like, yep, give me the job. So I went down there and spent two years there with him. Built a few, I, that's when I built the, the red S4 then, was mm-hmm. working Work for him. him. And then he just came to the end of it and just was like, it's not for me anymore. So I was in a good position to purchased the place off him and which was really just assets at the time so booth compressor all the bits and pieces and because i'd already worked there for two years i knew the sort of how the place worked so it was a natural the clients that kind of thing yeah yeah so um bought the place uh had this slightly rebrand because um the original name wasn't actually registered so i tried to register realized there's a place in leeds called the same name so i was like well forget about that so that's why it's paintworks with a z and not an x so because a lot of people ask me about that and i was like it's literally just because i couldn't pick an x and my notes is actually with an x (laughs) (laughs) that's the problem it's a big problem in the bank and stuff as well people write it on a check you know with the accent and sometimes they're funny about that the bank and stuff you know but yeah so i've been there since 2015 what are we on the that's five years now yeah going and it's its ups and downs, and this year hasn't been great, I have to say. Of like. course, yeah. But uh, just being on, getting on with it. Like. But the beauty about what you do is it's like you're not a standard body shop accident repair. You know, you try mm. and get a, a respread on by somebody. They don't care because they can do a wing and a bumper and yeah. blow it out, and mm. they make as much money or do tier three of that, and it's a lot less hassle. Yeah. Plus, the added thing of you actually running into cars, you're doing the likes of the wide bodies yourself mm. under body restorations, but you're getting the experience in your own car before you head a customers you know yeah and you know what you're doing by the time you come to that but trying to get anybody to do that kind of work in this country especially is it's hard I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm honest i'm trying to move out of the sort of not completely out of the modified yeah. scene as such but you're right like the accident repair wing brings way more money in it, it's just as simple as that like you know because you the, the, the insurance you spend, the bill. yeah um the amount of time you spend on like a respray for the same amount of money you'll a normal respray is about two or three months say that two or three months would bring you in maybe 20 grand yeah do you know and you're getting three grand for a respray uh, now i know you're not working on it all the time but you're putting a lot more work on the respray for a show car i'm yeah. taking a space in your workshop exactly so i've sort of reined in doing the resprays i've been turning them away lately like i weekly i'm turning resprays away just uh-huh. because i'm busier with accident repair and just the smaller stuff it's also know? a good sign that you're turning work away you know you can turn work away though well yeah it's, it's, it's some people in the trade are like is that boy not like working on what's there <laughs> you know because i there's if i can't do it i'll send it to somebody i know can yeah. do it yeah you're not going so to there's a couple of places down near us and i'd be like yeah I'll go see him or go see him it might be slightly more expensive but i can guarantee his work yeah. so that's sort of what i do with the respays now um 
But given this year, I'm kind of just taking anything I can get. Yeah, well, I don't blame you, yeah. Um, but I'm busy, which is normal work at the minute, but I'm expecting it to dry up with Christmas and then just if we... Hopefully we don't go into some sort of more of a lockdown because the first time it happened, my, my phone just stopped ringing. That's just, yeah. It was it was weird, like. No, I don't I had work there, but it, it took about three weeks off whenever lockdown happened the first mm-hmm. time, like. Um, and really, I, I should have got my head in the game and done the M3 then, but... I didn't want to be in the place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just strange because there was no... You wake up every morning and you have drive because you're like, right, need to get this card on the day. But see, without that... There's nothing to push you There's nothing on. to push you to be. Yeah. You know, and that was the oddest thing. And it's still... It's only really now I'm sort of getting back to normal and having that drive again, you know. So it's been a crazy year really for that. But still here. So Still at it. Mm. So uh, time has marched on. We we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but I think we're going to have to put a pin in it there. We'll just leave it there for the day. A big thank you to Pete for coming in. His business is located on... Uh, Hall Road and Bangor, if you are looking at me. Um, no resprays. <laughs> no, no resprays, but if you look at me, just find me on Facebook. Um, might You're... take a wee time to reply, but it's usually because I'm busy, but uh, I will reply to you. Pete's Instagram is at Lighthaired Pete. Lighthaired Pete, if you want to give me a follow, but it's mostly just memes these days. Like the meme lord. It's very entertaining. I, I always look forward to Instagram stories with Pete. <laughs> do you have a Paintworks one? or do you... I do have a Paintworks one, but I'll be honest, I haven't posted on it in probably over a year. So really stick with Lighthaired Pete. And uh, start getting posted on it again. So, but I have a few things coming up that are worthy of posting, shall we say, so yeah. I'll get them up. Right, we'll leave it there then. Thank you very much. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening as usual. Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Reload Podcast. That's all of us collectively. Sorry, before we <laughs> shut, shut the show here, we're, uh, Reload is doing a autumn winter drop here and probably it'll probably be in two weeks' time. It's going to be an Audi S1 Night Quattro drop and I think we have a few other things. So keep an eye out social media and Reload for a new stuff coming in. Sorry. Good. Um, so yeah I'm sure all that will go up on the Instagram and stuff as well um, if you want to follow us individually we mentioned Pete is Lighthaired Pete I'm at Maxwell House 46 I'm at V Dumboy I'm at Connor McCann uh, cheers again everybody see you see later you Bye. cheers Bye. 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 Bye.